To the Ether. Today is Saturday, March 5th, 2022. This episode of the Ether is brought to you by Orbital Command, a community validator on Terra dedicated to educating, expanding, and promoting the lunatic community. Take advantage of their Terra Luna Intel report on Telegram, which brings you the hottest news and updates on all things Terra each and every day. Find it using the link in the show notes. You can also support their community efforts by considering them next time you're delegating or redelegating your Luna. Find out more at orbitalcommand.io. This episode of the Ether is also brought to you by Talus. Talus Protocol is the NFT platform for independent artists on Terra. Talus helps to provide artists with the tools and resources needed to transition from traditional art into the NFT world. With their V1 launch coming soon, Talus will be the place to see real-world art reflected on Terra. Be sure to join their Telegram and follow Talus on Twitter for updates on their roadmap, validator, and other Talus news. Find your next favorite artist on talus.art. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. Today on the Ether, part two of the two-part Luna Lounge with CFI and the IBC gang, talking about Luna and a bunch of other stuff. Let's take a listen. Yeah, and I also I I'd like to just chime in there too. Short term, it really seems like it's range bound right now. Um, I was a little disappointed that it it went back below when it popped above forty two. It seemed like that was resistance that I was hoping to be, to come become support for Bitcoin. Um, I think it popped up to like 44K. And then it seemed like there was just a lot more, um, you know, just bad news and FUD, you know, just going on with what's going on in Europe. And so, um, I, I, you know, I, I was just really that low 42, 42,000 seems to be like resistance and support. It keeps flipping up and down and around that. But you know, yeah, and there, there also comes a point where the new buyer wants to be fairly assured, like, for example, institutional buyers, they want to be fairly assured that, you know, most of the downside has been uh, taken Correct. out of the equation. Correct. So institutional buyers, they don't they're not going to want to stay in the red for long. So they're looking the so-called smart money is going to dynamic DCA almost assuredly or just do traditional DCA, which is just buy you know, tranches monthly or whatever. Uh, but uh, dynamic DCA for Bitcoin works really well, which is exponentially buy lower. And the reason is because BTC can't go to zero. It's not a stock. So once you realize that, then like the math becomes straightforward as far as how you acquire it as a company who needs a balance sheet to stay in the green. And that's a very specific uh, tactic. And this is true. Really, I would say uh, the available two assets in crypto right now for which uh, dynamic DCA is really, really clean, I would say is both Bitcoin and Luna. That's pretty much the only two I would say. Anyway, uh, maybe Thorchain actually. Uh, or Doge. Doge. Yeah, Doge, yeah, certainly. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, um, I definitely, you know, while, we, while we're 
still got you guys and we're getting on we're getting close to the end of hour two um you know i know you've mentioned thorchain a lot sefi and it seems like you've got your eye on that what else in the cosmos ecosystem are are you interested in um i know a lot of us in this group you know we tend to be really pro juno they juno's had a lot of growth and it's got a lot of stuff going on over there um there's you know some nft stuff coming out and there, there's just like you said before there's a lot and also for a lot of the new people that are in this space that what makes the cosmos ecosystem very very unique with ib aside from ibc which is cross-chain communication is that all the chains are independent level ones they they are sovereign blockchains so that's just the another thing that's kind of a little bit hard to wrap your your head around coming into this um, conversation is that, you know, um, Juno is a sovereign blockchain. Osmosis is a sovereign blockchain. They all have their own governance. Um, that's what makes this a little bit more unique and what makes the Cosmos ecosystem scalable. And um, so, yeah, Lucky, uh, Steffi, what, maybe, what you guys you can, maybe you could fill in for us briefly. So what makes Juno in particular? So uh, the coins that are built on for protocols on the Juno network, my understanding is, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but my understanding is basically that they are not tokens, but they're actually sort of IBC capable coins uh, individually. Is that correct or wrong? That's correct. In, in, in other words, like for example, on Terra, if I have the PRISM token, you know, it might be a CW20 token. It's not a native like uh, IBC capable coin right off the bat. Like in, 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 in Terra, for example, Luna is, and all of the international stable coins are uh, uh, considered coins, not tokens. But with Juno, it's a little bit different. And, and I think that's creating a slightly different uh, like value proposition to builders on Juno. And then subsequently, like the type of composability that can be accomplished with those coins and systems. Uh, but I do, I, to answer the original question, I, that seems interesting and specific to that, but also I think privacy is super, super critical. So the ability to port things in and out of secret network and create uh, privacy, whether it's Juno assets, whether it's uh, assets coming through ThorChain, whether it's stuff on Osmosis, the ability to route through a privacy network, even if you're not only, if you, even if you're not like primarily playing on secret, the ability to use secret network as utility to me is super, super important. And hopefully like Tor and the gang figure out how to, you know, get everything to connect together. <laughs> that is true. Uh, let's go to Adam. Adam's been very patient and then we'll go to secret. Hey, thanks guys. Uh, it's been awesome. I've been listening and I've been talking about it with my friends. So some of them are pretty new and the question always comes to, hey, if I have $10,000, what do I do? Where do I invest? Uh, if I can't spend too much of time, what do I do? If I can spend some time over a period of time, then what should I do? So what's your suggestion for them? It's, it's all individual base and it depends on their uh, risk, amount of risk they want to take. And it depends on their um Time frame. I know, Lucky, you 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 walk a lot of people through this question. Um, like you said, this is like a group of friend of yours, or like um, just a couple yeah, of people. Yeah, group of friends. Uh, yeah, some of them would do probably individually. They may not be able to look at it on a daily basis, once in a week or something like that. But some of them would do on a daily basis also. And I mean, Adam, I, Adam, how active are you? 
I'm active. I'm active. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, I think it comes down to Adam. Like, you know, what 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 do your friends want to get out of it? Are you know, is it a quick flip? Is it a long term investment? It's a long term. You know, yeah, I mean, lo- long term investments. Then you know, asking asking themselves or asking you, you know, w- w- what where do you want to put this money that over time will appreciate, and and then understanding why it would appreciate over time, right? So like, you know, I think we talk about different protocols. So. You know, I think first it's selecting the blockchain you want to go invest in, right? I mean, there's things that we could all sit up here and say Juno because of X, Osmo because of Y, Luna because of A, right? Once you kind of come through your thesis of of where you want to put that 10,000 or how you want to break it up, it's then saying, okay, on those blockchains, what do they provide that can give me the the max value of of what I'm looking at, right? So if someone said, I'm super bullish on Luna and I want to do nothing with it, I would probably say look into something like Stater because they will auto compound their rewards or do things over time that will give you, you know, a good APR or APY over time. But if someone was more active and they wanted to get into ARB strategies, I would then say, okay, let's talk about the ARB strategies. Let's talk about the different things that we can do and look into. Let's talk about Prism and how you can kind of actively look at, you know, the way you can refract Luna. It's just more or less a personal preference on where you want to go. But, you know, that first question is what blockchain do you want to spread across? And then based off of that, you know, then how how in depth or how much do you want to do on top of it? It's it's, it's a hard question. I hope you understand that. But I, I think there are answers to it once they can get a good understanding of the ecosphere. And and there's going to be a tendency to, uh, you know, have friends and family involved with something that you actually know, which, you know, obviously... Uh, they're, you know, you're sort of their gateway to, you know, whatever ecosystem. And there's going to be a tendency for you to like talk about things that you know how they work. And, and, um, so that may be part of it. Um, also remember that all the various like crypto coins, uh, basically have different tokenomics. They have different value accrual mechanisms. Some of them, um, you know, earn inflationary yield, and therefore your value is accrued slightly differently. Uh, the staker is essentially protected from some of the volatility of that coin due to the higher yields. Um, others basically have yields that are uh, non-inflationary, like Luna, or have like deflationary tokenomics. So, so some things the the like your bag will get bigger, but the price of the coin might not be as big. And other things the uh, the like the number of coins you have may not be any different, but the value of the coin might go up. So, the tokenomics uh, and you know how you intend to use the yield or the quote unquote cash flow from your coin, like all of that makes a difference in terms of like whether you're going to optimize these things really well for yourself. Um, so yeah, it's 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 more complicated than just sort of like picking one and hoping it goes up. That's, I think but, that's okay, not financial answer. advice. I, I Not financial advice, okay, clearly not financial advice. <laughs> I would yeah, take, right. I would look at 20% of that, probably look at like an Osmo deck because I love Osmo, I love what they're doing. I love the Cosmos SDK and how they play in that realm. Like I would go there, get some Osmo tokens, et cetera, et cetera. I take the rest of it, look at Luna, then be able to borrow half of it and then put it in UST and let that kind of ride. You know, like that, that's kind of my mix if someone gave me 10,000, but again, not financial advice and we're in a, you know, made up world here. Yeah, I, I would say generally just based on uh, what 
Osmo is going to be capable of doing, what Adam is going to be capable of doing. Some of these are things that I prefer to just like stake forever uh, and just earn the yield off of them and then like take that and stake that as well. So I just keep my Adam indefinitely, for example. Um, I don't really play with it. I don't do anything with it. I don't trade it. Um, I delegate it and that's the end of it. Um, so it, again, it depends on the particular system uh, and what they're attempting to do. Great, great. Thank you so much, guys. I, I've been pushing them to all your videos to understand this because education is part of this. I said, they take a look at it, you'll understand it better, and then you can come in in a slow way. Yeah, and again, you know, we say this a lot of times, sometimes analysis paralysis is bad, right? Like sometimes they just got to <laughs> jump in, right? You, you yeah. understand that. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Cool. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks, Adam. All right, so Secret, let's go to you. How are you doing? Yes, hi, thank you. Um, well, my comment and question um, is about um, um, kind of combining both Terra and the rest of IBC since we enabled IBC for uh, farming and, and DeFi strategies. Uh, it seems to me like if someone is comfortable from the beginning in Terra and Luna and they stay in that ecosystem and some of us are more comfortable in, um, you know, with Osmosis and Juno, but uh, so I guess my question is, uh, have you guys tried uh, coming up with strategies that will combine both? I mean, we, on one side, we have, you know, Luna with great uh, uh, deflationary uh, uh, future and, and, and uh, opportunities. And you have uh, borrowing, which is great. And we don't have that yet uh, in, in the rest of Cosmos. Um, but then on the other side, we have great uh, LP reward rates that uh, on osmosis, we have higher staking rates. Um, and to me, it seems like the best strategy would be kind of combining the two that rather than staying on one side. What do you guys think? And have you had any specific um, strategies that you came up with as an example? Oh, I mean, I, I tell everyone that they should be playing in both Osmo and Luna. I mean, it's it's very clear to me. The power of Osmo and the liquidity pool and the rewards that are happening there are amazing. And you know, the first step of when people come in here is like, get your Terra wallet set up, get your Kepler wallet set up. Let's start there, right? And then let's figure out how to kind of balance both of them. One, helping the Osmo decks with the liquidity pairs and the incentives they're giving. Now with the super fluid staking that they're giving, like how can you work those two together? And it's really just balancing those two out in, in the fashion of like you're in things that you want to keep long term, you're helping the ecosphere as being being part of a liquidity provider, you're earning off of it, and then just kind of going back and forth between those two. I mean, that, that's my answer to you. So like, that is what I talk about all day, every day. Yeah, I'll, the combination of like Astroport on Terra and Osmosis uh, being it's like a native chain, uh, you know, Dex, uh, the two of them are going to wind up being probably the highest volume destinations in the world, actually, as far as DEXs are concerned. Uh, every indication points toward that as being probable, just based on the size of the cosmos. Um, so even like today, like I think Jose Macedo of Delphi posted, you know, Astroport had like the second highest volume in the world or something like that. And so the amount of volume on Terra and, uh, and for that matter on Osmosis has gotten to be uh, pretty ridiculous and 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 the growth has been extraordinarily uh, like uh, it's just been extraordinary to watch it over the last year. It's just unbelievable. 
like, yeah, I think a 10x growth in TVL of the entire cosmos over the next uh, couple of years would be highly probable, if not almost inevitable at this point. It's pretty cool. That would be really, really amazing. That would be awesome. And for a lot of people in the space, um, just osmosis is the, one of the main decks within um, the Cosmos ecosystem. And it went live last year in June. It was the middle of June, like June 20th is when osmosis went live. And um, it took a while for people to you know get comfortable with it. But um, what we're talking about it with li liquidity pool is, um, you know, you're if you have an LP and, and you're not familiar with uh, adding liquidity to a pool, you know, definitely if you, if you any, have any questions, now's the time to ask. But you know, with osmosis, the tokenomics is every every year there's going to be a thirdening, which means there's going to be one third um, less inflation. I might, I might be off a little bit on that, but um, so in June of 22, this year, the um, will be the first first time. And so all the uh, APRs within the liquidity pools will decrease a little bit. But right now you can get some really good um, yield in, in the liquidity pools. All about those incentives. Uh, I yeah. can't remember if it was uh, Obi-Wan or Punk's next. Everyone wants to go there for free. Uh, I'll let the other gentleman go. I'm, I talk a lot on these places, so <laughs> I know. I, like I, I saw you earlier. I remember. Uh, so, punks, do you uh, want to feel free to answer your question? Now it's time. Thanks for being here too, everyone. We put people to sleep a lot. Tricky. <clears throat> this is what happens. They <laughs> get up here and. Then hour goes by yeah so if anyone has any questions go ahead and raise your hand um if you have any any questions coming up um but i also did want to let people know um cosmos spaces is running a validator on a brand new ch chain i don't know if uh tricky you want to talk about that or gains one gains one you guys want to talk uh yeah i'll t touch base it's not really quick and then we can get back to questions uh we, you know, it's how the universe works. Sometimes everything just falls in line for you and just says, hey, we're making this happen for you. Uh, so we were very fortunate. We were able to get a validator up uh, for the uh, active set for uh, Evmos. So it's pretty exciting. Uh, I think we're like, we were number 48 last time I checked. Um, we're, we're super excited to do it. It's really fun. We want to be like super involved um, in the Evmos community, but also have a validator that's like, you know, not just some people that are, you know, behind a computer screen that you don't know you want to have a relationship with you guys and make sure the community has a voice and some of the votes and governance and just everything that's going on in Evmos. Um, so that's just the first uh there will be more to come uh, but if you guys have some Evmos, uh feel free to delegate to us and the staking rewards are crazy right now it's like five thousand percent so compound that stuff daily yeah Evmos is a new chain that just launched um had a had a, a few little bumps um with the airdrop but it's gonna oh, hopefully ideally be one of the main bridges between the cosmos ecosystem and the ethereum um system so uh evmos is like brand new it's only like three days old and so um cosmos spaces is just spun up a validator and you know the goal is to get us into the top 20 that's that's the goal and if anyone listening if you've ever um you know traded on uniswap or 
um, a lot of the Ethereum apps, you might be eligible for the airdrop. If you've ever done an IBC transfer, state Adam or Osma, you're also eligible. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there for that. But yeah, this, to, uh, the snapshot, the snapshot was back in uh, September, though, right? September, October, November. Yeah, it was a little, a little back in like November. But uh, uh, Varja and or Drake, I think Varja might be first. So let's go to Varja. Hi guys, thanks so much, and uh, Lucky and uh, Sefi and Obi Wan, uh, thank you guys so much for everything you've given to the community. It's it's truly been amazing. I'm I've been in Luna for a few months, and uh, I've been DCAing and uh, used the Cato on ramp, um, and uh, I was wanting to stake my Luna. I I guess maybe inadvertently converted it to B Luna. Um, and I've been using UST to buy B Luna. Is there a place to stake <laughs> B Luna, or am I mistaken? I mean, you can't stake your B Luna. You can put it as collateral. Okay. B, B Luna uh, is officially. To... It's actually liquid stake Luna already. Okay. Yeah. So when you're when you have B Luna, you mm -hmm. go to Anchor Protocol and you'll go look at the bonded assets section, and you'll notice that UST is accumulating there. So uh -huh. bonded Luna is very special in that all of the yield gets converted to UST, like even the Luna yield, and it, it emits as UST and you claim it on Anchor. So you can leave it like that. That's one possibility. Or if you'd rather... You Nexus. Um, yeah, you yeah. could basically stick it Nexus protocol, which allows yeah. you to get even higher yield. Or you can, um, if you want to straight stake it, you would... Uh, go to Anchor Protocol, you'd go to the bonded asset section, you'd burn it for unstaking it for 24 days and then like stake it somewhere uh, if you want to do that. So there's different options there as far as what you can do about it. But a lot of us, what we do is we tend to do the, uh, every time, you know, Luna to bonded Luna is cheap, we tend to like, you know, get the free sort of extra bonded Luna arbitrage and then right. we tend to burn that bonded Luna over 24 days and then do it over and over again. And that tends to be a higher yield than actual staking right now, uh, which is why we do that. What, what you could do is to maybe take half of it, put it in Nexus, you know, let that kind of earn, right? Because you'll get the AP, the APR on that. Um, you'll, the PSI tokens will come out and then maybe take the other half, burn it and do a little ARB strategy with the other half. If, if you're not going to get more, like, you know, I, I'd kind of, I kind of like having one or two different strategies. It's, you know, maybe that's that's what I would do. <laughs> that, that's what I do too. Like, for example, like if I took two hundred Luna, I'd put like one seventy five in Nexus, getting the fifteen percent, and then take the other twenty five and slow burn it, and then wait for that to slow burn, and then wait for a good arb, and then do the Luna to be Luna swap, and then rinse and repeat that. But the advantage to keeping it in, in Nexus is N Luna is if the prices start going down and you need to increase your LTV. You could withdraw that without any impermanent loss and just provide it right into Anchor. I see. Would it make sense to convert it back to Luna and then stake it? Well, Nexus, you can put the B Luna directly. Yeah, oh. the, the B Luna gets deposited right into Nexus's vault, and then it's, it's called N Luna, but there's no loss there. All the rewards are paid uh, in the PSI Nexus token. Got it. Okay, and that's the uh, Nexus protocol. Yeah, any XUS protocol. Okay, great. Thank you, guys. I'll definitely look that up. Yeah, absolutely. Drake. 
Yo, dude, I appreciate you guys uh, allowing me to talk. But, um, yeah, uh, actually, I want to add to that. Um, you, I, I can't remember the name who was just talking. But uh, if you want a good yield on Luna, what worked for me, just go to TerraSwap and deposit some B Luna and Luna. That's fire sauce over there, man. Sometimes it'll get up to as high as 40% APR um, with uh, DGEN swapping over there between B, B Luna and Luna. But, um, yeah, for me, that worked the best. But I just wanted to give a rundown because, um, like, uh, there are a lot of questions on the Cosmos ecosystem, and I love it over here on Cosmos. I mean, it's amazing. But I Wait, just Drake, wanna... before you go, do you really get wrecked a thousand percent of time? No, it's a hundred thousand percent, man. I'm the guinea pig. <laughs> Dude, I, I get wrecked so bad, it's fun. <laughs> well, I mean, in, in reality, no, God's blessed very well. Um, so, yeah, I get wrecked sometimes, but the, the wins actually play out very well. So, I'm in the green. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, I want to go to uh, make a comment on Juno. I heard a lot of people chatting about it and talking about it. Yeah, don't sleep on Juno. Um, there probably are going to be a couple scam drops coming up uh, with scammers just taking advantage of it uh, with like the airdrop happiness going on right now. Um, but Juno is really important uh, to the Cosmos ecosystem because in order to actually build your own dApp on Cosmos, you have to launch your own chain. And that's difficult for some developers to do. And Juno enables you to create your own dApp and play on the Cosmos ecosystem and still be interoperable without having to build your own chain because they're depending on Juno as network security. And they also um, offer um, Java, or wait, no. Yeah, I think it's Java. No, I can't even think of the right uh, coding language. But Is there's it Cosmwasm? You think about Cosmwasm or? No, 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 um, I'm talking about the coding language. It's okay, not aside Rust. from Rust, aside it's from Rust. It's not Rust, it's like, um, it's, I think it's Java. I bet but it was I know that, But that might not even be a coding language. I'm, I'm trying to think of the word. Um, there's, it's like a four or five letter word, uh, but their coding language is, no, it's an actual like common coding language, um, like for developers to use when they're Rust. like, when they're coding no just in general like it, it's really common like um c plus plus i think no it's not c plus plus similar to that i think it's anyway, rush, but it's it's it's, it's really it's really simple um and in fact it's not very so complex. it's it's rust and go i just looked it up right okay rust and go that works but um anyways the point is it's it, it allows a lot of developers to get into the ecosystem and uh code their own uh contracts and not have to build their own chain so that that's Juno. Um, the second one, uh, I also noticed a lot of people making comments on like, I don't know where to start. What should I do? Where should I go? Okay, the answer is not financial advice, but go on Osmosis and SIFTchain. I mean, dude, SIFTchain is paying 300% APR on some of these pools. You can compound it and you can end up getting like 1700% APY. Um, yeah, SIFTchain may be a little bit volatile here and there, but dude, it's 1700% APY. That's basically making a 17X on whatever you're uh, compounding into. It doesn't matter, it pays for it. And same thing with osmosis. If you don't know what to pick, take some money, pick some different pools on osmosis. Say you want some Atom, say you want some Akash, 
say you want some Juno, say you want some Secret, and throw a little money in each pool. And those will be feeding you and sending you Osmo every single day. And you know what? The best thing is that Osmo you get, now you can take that and compound that into any token that you want. So say now you're like, oh, I want some stars or, oh, I want some Chihuahua. Uh, you can compound into those pools with your Osmo rewards. It works. Trust me. I literally back in April last year when I or not April, maybe it was uh, June when I got the airdrop. I've been compounding this thing. And yeah, I threw a little bit of money at it. But it, I was able to turn like five or six thousand dollars into over 70 grand from compounding just from getting these different rewards. The point is, it's like yep. use this stuff and you can build your bags. Seriously, it works. You're, pre- you're preaching to the choir, man. You're preaching to the choir. Yeah. <laughs> it's, this, it's amazing. This is what we talk about all the time. It, it's amazing. And yeah, Osmosis, man. I just did a thread on them today. They built basically built the perfect Ponzi. I mean, if you look at it, um, people are incentivized to hold their Osmo and throw it into these pools and add to the rewards if they want to keep playing the game. Well, yeah. Well, the this this the disparate. The way the tokenomics is dispersed, it's very advantageous to people that get in year one, year two. So, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, exactly. Oh, I the mean, liquidity even, pools. it's not just for the people, though. It's also for the protocols. Because if the protocols want to get more Osmo rewards, they need to um, have more swaps, like as in more swap volume. And when they have more swap volume, they get more Osmo rewards. And when they get more Osmo rewards, they get more they get more people depositing into the pools and when more people deposit into the pools well there's more volume because there's better uh, or lower slippage so then it, it's that reflexive yeah, flywheel and then even then it, yeah, it's, it's uniswap perfected yeah and then even then the, these um the rewards or like your tokens are locked so if you want to sell well you well, can't sell Seth, are you taking notes I was gonna say, Sunny is no idiot. Right? No, like, dude, this guy is a <laughs> the osmosis decks does work. I love this guy. I mean, dude, it's like it's like so, built. It, it's amazing. But I mean, still, the Osmo reward. If you want to dump, they're locked. So what do you do? Oh, I need money. I need cash. Uh, well, there's no money under osmosis. So I go and dump some other junk coin, and then I go get my money, and then my Osmo bags are still there, and it's just still feeding it. And that's why you see the price action of Osmo. Just I I uh, posted yeah. a thread today. You guys we're, can get a breakdown on that. But um, cool, definitely. Yeah, we're very pro osmosis here. It's we do feel it's it's going to be a premier dex. Um, one thing I think a lot of us like about the Cosmos ecosystem, or especially a lot of us here at Cosmos Spaces, is we've had a couple of devs jump in and actually come on in and talk to us. Every once in a while, they'll pop in. We get a lot of validators coming in and popping in. And it's just great to talk to some of them because we do get some inside information every once in a while. But um, it's like you are saying, uh, Sonny, uh, the, the main developer for Osmosis and the team, they, it's like you said, Obi, it's Uniswap perfected. They, they, I think a lot of what these devs did is while everything was blowing up last year with, you know, Ethereum and Solana, they saw what was going on. They were focusing on IBC and it, it took a lot of time and energy to get IBC going. And now it's just like, okay, we know what works. We know what's going to attract the users. Now we can implement that into the Cosmos space. And, you know, 
I, I definitely think Terra well, is just fi there, firing on all sorts. There's, no, there's another element to, to this that each of the uh, uh, chains on Cosmos that are successful um, ultimately bring more liquidity to uh, all of the chains indirectly. So you want, uh, for example, uh, Luna to be extraordinary, su extraordinarily successful because the price meme effect will bring uh, people in via Luna. You want UST to go everywhere because then uh, people, it'll increase value to Luna, of course, but it will also bring in um, like liquidity into say osmosis, which then can pour into Juno, et cetera, right? So usually when people are Luna rich and they're looking for like new things to th like throw their UST at, they know it's really easy to go to osmosis as the easiest place to jump to to go and like deploy those assets, right? So it, it makes it much easier to have all of the protocols do well when even some of them are offering value or, or uh, activity that, you know, can, can the, the import, the network effect of each of the Cosmos chains uh, is a value accrual mechanism for all the other ones. And that's a cool uh, sort of like uh, tornado to watch happen <laughs> oh yeah and you ain't kidding i mean I, I didn't even finish with uh thor chain i mean the simple formula you want to calculate for that is every dollar that comes into uh rune you just consider the three dollar raise in the rune market cap uh due to most of the rune being locked up in the pools and then the buy pressure on rune because it's a 50 50 pool and then on top of that you got luna coming over to thor chain and in TVL wise, it's ranked second, like in general, just period against all the other different uh, chains and dApps. I mean, Thorchain is a major sleeper. Just wait till UST and um, uh, Luna come over; it'll be nuts. But um, the last, the last protocol, or the last two protocols, I want to make a comment on um, is Luna. Uh, obviously, you guys know about that. I mean, just to ask yourself these questions: What do you think is going to happen to Luna? When all the exchanges, instead of you is using USDC and USDT because they're frozen or outlawed, and especially any of the exchanges that do no KYC, um, they can't use them because they're all going to be frozen. What would happen if they swapped the UST? Just, just imagine oh, the market. going to dump. Oh yeah, massive dump. It'll just make it to where it dumps on well, the moon. The more restrictive uh, systems become, the more probable. People are going to use UST, uh, Thorchain. Uh, they're going to use Osmosis. So it's it actually is more bullish for uh, the decentralized systems. Oh no, the more no, no, no! I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. The more aggressive that like, governments might get. I'm phrasing it like: ask yourself these questions. Like, if you're trying to figure out should you buy Luna or should you get uh, well, not USD, but should you buy Luna? Well, ask yourself these questions. If Luna is only a 13 or UST is only a 13.5 million dollar market cap, the UST or billion, I'm sorry, um, and USDC and USDT both combined are over 135 billion. What do you think is going to happen when all those USDC and USDT are swapped into UST? Well, it's going to over 10x the UST market cap. And if you know how Luna works, you burn Luna if to make happens. UST. If that happens. Yeah. Okay, let's just it's say ten percent happens. Yeah. So 10%. Exactly. UST if you I mean, yeah, UST could go from thirteen billion to twenty six billion. 
that it could go very fast. Wait, too. was that 100? I mean, just think about it. All you have to do is say, oh, yeah, um, we were able to freeze your USDC and USDT when the hacker hacked the funds. I mean, oh, that's great and all. Awesome. But then really look in to see what happened. They froze the funds. How can you have decentralized finance when you're using centralized trash? You can't. <laughs> Everything is going to shut down. You can't. You can't do that. So then people yeah, will come I over mean, to UST. Yeah, so, some some people are, are always going to want to use something centralized. I mean, there's there's always going to be, I don't know, you know, that it's really up in the air where we're going to be five years from now. But Sefi, I, I, you guys, I wanted to ask you, like ThorChain, they have not enabled IBC yet. Do you know, is there a schedule for them to flip it on? Um, well, Luna UST is coming onto ThorChain, I believe, this week or this coming couple weeks. Okay. Uh, and that means that you'll be able to connect a TerraStation wallet direct to ThorChain, connect a Bitcoin wallet, and then be able to like interact in that way, for example. Connect so, so really, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if so much it's IBC as much as like you can connect native wallets of various types directly. Okay, so they're doing some back end stuff. But yeah, I know I, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, Thorchain is a sleeper. Like th what they're doing over there with their li liquidity pools, like they, they pretty much want to be like very inner. Yeah. They want any me, token to be able to trade, right? Let me just give you the like the, 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 the TLDR or whatever. Essentially, Thorchain, what it allows you to do is take a Bitcoin wallet, connect it direct, connect a TerraStation wallet, and then be able to sit and move from, like, let's say, UST to BTC using the Rune coin as the routing coin between them as a trading pair. So what's different is, is like, this is more like a centralized exchange in terms of, like, a centralized exchange normally has, like, native wallets for everything, right? So this is not... So you're going to be able to interact with native wallets on ThorChain to all sorts of different DeFi um, coins. So I think UST will end up becoming the number one used coin on that network ultimately because uh, BTC native people are now going to be able to off-ramp to a stable coin without any centralized exchange uh, at all, without having to wrap their Bitcoin into Ethereum or pay anybody else's fees, right? So that's where the, the use case here is. It's ThorChain, you'd be bullish on ThorChain if you're bullish on Bitcoin. If you're bullish on the cosmos, you don't need ThorChain necessarily unless you need to, unless, if you don't you need to interact with BTC, right? So you could just interact with Osmosis and you basically have all of the features of the cosmos at your fingertips. Got so it. ThorChain Got to it. me is like the connection of uh, liquidity pools in uh, the liquidity of Bitcoin and Ethereum with native wallets over to things like UST, Luna, Cosmos. Okay, cool. Well, it looks like we got a couple more questions. Sefi, Lucky, how, how much longer we got you guys? We're, we're like 1130 Eastern Standard Time. You want to roll a little bit longer? We can do a little bit longer. Yeah, be fine. Keep going. Right. Appreciate you guys. We, we got Mova. Mova raised his hand. So let's go to Mova and then we'll go to um, Obi-Wan if that's all right. Cool. Thanks, guys. Um, this is mostly geared towards Sefi. Sefi, I've been listening to him for quite some time. Um, I'm a... Um, you know, pretty large position in Nexus. They've done some pretty cool stuff recently. I know I know you played a role in some of that. Just wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, where you think the trajectory is. And, I mean, I see anchors going through the roof. I always knew that that was just, I mean, so substantially undervalued. But want want to know your thoughts on Nexus and where you see the future. Um, 
Well, I, I think Nexus's price compared to its IDO price in terms of coin price doesn't have that much like farther to fall really in in the sense that like you know people bought it close to this price so it's it's basically bottomed out um the token emissions for nexus um have generally been high uh and that's what's kept price down i think uh as time goes on uh i think they're in the middle of audits and such for uh building some of the ideas that myself and others have had for them to uh kind of create some new uh interesting sort of like financial products. Uh, and I think they're going to be adding in those financial products value accrual mechanisms specific to the PSI token such that it's not emitting as much anymore and maybe uh, uses the PSI token in some of the trading fees and other things that are happening on that platform. So, um, you know, again, I, I don't know exactly that that's going to uh, cause increase in the coin price. I'm not directly affiliated with Nexus Protocol but I did spend like several hours with their developers on a weekend to kind of like walk them through some theories as far as how to improve their system. So I'm hoping that they create something really cool that I can use basically. <laughs> so I gave the information to them, you know, whatever, free of charge or whatever in, this, in the hope that I would be able to use that system if they can design it how I like it, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. Thank you so much. Obi-Wan, what's going on? Oh, no, I just uh, thought I'd hop in and learn some more about uh, Cosmos. It's one of those things that um, I haven't really branched out into because I I like to kind of stay in the two or three protocols. That, you know, once you find something that works really well, there's not a whole lot of need to jump around, right? So, But I do have, you know, questions because there's a lot of people, you know, interested. Is there anything that's like Stator Labs for Cosmos? like? If you, you get the Kepler wallet, how do you go about evaluating uh, the staking opportunities? And is there a good way to make sure that the delegated proof of stake is uh, equitably distributed? I do not have an answer on that one. I don't. Or maybe in another, maybe ask that another way. Is there currently like an Atom auto compounder? Oh, they're working on that, right? Uh, I think a couple of the validators have. Oh, perfect. Uh, so hold on, just a second. I, I was away. But so there's a so off Z was an off upgrade that was just released for the Cosmos SDK module. What was um, it called? So off Z, um, and so the, uh, validators actually there's a script that EcoStake made um, that validators can install on the validator, and it makes it really simple. And uh, each delegator can just uh, authorize the bot uh, to claim and restake on their behalf. Um, and it depends on the network. So some networks are, they give out rewards by block. Some are given out by epoch. So the ones that are by epoch, I mean, it's, it's cool. It does its job. Um, but the ones that are by block are the ones that really, really, really are going to be the ones that, uh, take advantage of that. So it's super cool because, you know, it's as cool as it is going to your computer every day and <laughs> restaking everything. Having that auto compounding is good for, you know, your yields, but also to your time. Yeah, there's also the uh, tax benefit of auto compounding too, so you don't have to keep like claiming and like worry that every single transaction is taxable and whatnot. Uh, I I will say that Stator Labs, uh, from my discussions with them, they will be bringing uh, ultimately the capabilities of doing like auto compounding, Atom, 
and some of the other Cosmos-based coins. So they are uh, working on it. Uh, I think they're working on some other cross-chain stuff first, like I think Avalanche and Solana possibly. But then ultimately, the goal of Stater is to, like to be the like home of staking or auto compounding uh, for lots of different uh, chains and cross-chain right. applications. So hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to like auto compound our Cosmos coins there at some point in the future. Yeah, that's kind of what I was, that's what's kind of always kind of. I, I was in Atom super early. But then I ended up kind of selling it off because the the uh, you know it didn't have a fixed supply cap and it, you know that didn't have a very awesome value accrual mechanism. But I understand those things have changed rather recently, and so I was like, okay, well, if it's going to have really good yield, you know, a la Polkadot, you know, uh, what's is there auto compounding staking or you know is there some kind of automated strategy where you can kind of you know uh, put yeah. that to use. Super fluid staking is a term I've heard. Yeah, just for to spark people's imagination, another thing that's going to be possible is you're going to be able to ultimately use, like, say, for example, the yield from your atom to buy dollar cost average into Luna, or use a yield from Luna to buy Osmo, or and things like that. So, yield to redirection strategies will be probably the big thing for, I would say, 2022 uh, to 2023 is like becoming very common so you're going to be able to get luna by staking adam yeah yeah exactly so you you, you like let's say for example you have a deflationary coin um and you want to acquire more of it but you want to have exposure to something with a high cash flow that'll help you in like the dca process because a high cash flow coin puts out more money in a sense but then you can buy something that's more of a store of value with it if you'd like or whatever. So there's a lot of interesting, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, interesting yeah, capabilities. No, yeah, interesting capabilities that emerge from these kinds of uh, like what we call yield redirection strategies. I, I, I got you. I got you. I thought it, I thought it was something IBC related. That was <laughs> I was like, whoa, wait, you can you can pick another layer one to. Okay. <laughs> um, I just want to button you. on both Cosmos chain wherever adam luna adam osmo or juno and luna that just says make me money button like that's all i want just put it in and auto compound that's yeah, all i want there's well, definitely I'm kind, of doing, I'm kind of doing the osmo yield to redirection type strategy but i'm doing it on harmony with defira you know the high yield you know amm you know lending protocol where you can put your amm to work then i take scoop up my yields and then uh, use the the uh, Terra bridge to go buy some Luna. So I mean that's kind of the the farming and yield redirection strategy I have going on at the moment. But yeah, it makes sense. <clears throat> Mary Beth, did you have a question? Mary Beth, we put her to sleep. <laughs> maybe while she's uh, unmuting her mic, maybe it's stuck. Uh, Laz, did you have any questions? Do you want to ask anything? Lazuli. If not, uh, how how proficient is the panel on SIF chain? Honestly, I have not used it because like the easiest way to get to it is like blocked off to Americans, so it's just like all this extra stuff. But I know there's a front end for Americans through Forbowl, but I haven't used it. It sounded almost earlier like maybe you, Obi, or I guess it's Drake at the SIF chain man. It was I'm Drake. actually adding liquidity yeah. to SIF chain right now. Yeah, SIF chain's <laughs> pretty good. Um, it pays like 300% APR and it has like epochs that are 
um, weekly. So it drops like every Monday or Tuesday. And you can compound that into any of the pools. You can look at SIFChain like ThorChain, but instead of the rune token, it's SIF. Um, but it's not the same thing like ThorChain. It's because um, you can't use native asset. So like you're using Ethereum, but it's like wrapped Ether. But um, yeah, uh, I, I did have one more uh, question because um, someone brought up Anchor Protocol. Maybe. Actually, maybe get Mary Beth on because she was like, "Wait, I think she just waved her hand a oh, second ago." She's Be up, there, Mary yeah, Beth. Saw that. Let her go. Mary, you Mary live, Beth, go, man. <laughs> I am alive, so I don't know if this happens to you guys, but I sometimes I cannot. My spaces don't appear. Like if there are too many tweets that come up or messages or something, my spaces up top they don't appear. So I was trying to go to my own profile to get in the space, and that wasn't working either. So they appeared now, and I'm here. And the first thing I'm going to say is everyone follow Lucky and Steffi too. Um, but I was, <laughs> I was, <laughs> I'm supposed to say, yes, go follow Lucky. Lucky's the best. I love Lucky. So anyway, joke. But yes, I follow Steffi, Lucky. I came in these rooms or spaces through um, the passive income rooms and the Voyager thing. And now that I got um, that not over with, because now I'm active in it and I got that part down, now I'm trying to figure out the Luna game. So I'm literally just listening. And then I, someone said Anchor Protocol, and that is literally the direction I was heading toward. Okay. Do you have a TerraStation wallet set up? Yes, I do. And I don't. There you go. For what? Step, I have like num- step the- number one. There you go. Okay. Then what? Literally, if someone else wants to ask questions, please do, because I will hog up all the time to ask all the questions. Yeah, Mary Beth, why don't we have a session after this uh, Cosmos-specific one, and we can go through Anchor. Perf. Thanks. Hey, I had a quick question for Sefi and um, Obi and, and Lucky. Um, Kadena, Kadena? I think Sefi, I saw you posted a chart. Are you paying attention to uh, Kadena? Yeah, I, I I do follow it. What's what's your question? Um, it seems like okay, proof of work. Um, I watched a video on it. Um, yeah, CTO Larson interviewed the uh, the head guy. It's proof of work, and it seems like he the guy was pretty much saying he he thinks he can scale it to whatever is needed. Is is that is that is that the big deal with Kadena? Kadena, if I'm pronouncing it's, it correctly, uh, it's it's considered a graph technology, uh, which allows you to create like uh, spiderweb-like networks of chains. Um, so you can you can have like a hundred thousand chains on Kadena, for example. Uh, think of it sort of like maybe uh, the polka dot type of concept where it's like a shared security model concept where there's, but there's just a whole bunch of chains interconnected. Uh, and it's called that sort of tech they localize, you know, they call it chain web, basically. Uh, I got originally interested in it when they were announcing that like UST would be one of their stable coins on their DEXs, on the CADEX. And that's where I sort of started getting involved and kind of keeping an eye on it. Um, and it it has had 
a lot of attention towards it as a layer one, of course, since layer ones have been popular this last year, as far as like uh, people throwing money at things. <laughs> um, as far as like the tech fully executing and proving itself, uh, I, I, they still have a, a lot to do. There remains a lot of work in terms of figuring out how to best use that special technology. It's almost like you have the the tech and the math, but then you haven't figured out fully how to optimize it for uh, all the different applications you might finally create with it. Right. Uh, it's, still then, test, it's still in test net, right? I think. Or yeah, no, they're building on it. There, there's okay. a Dex that's you know they that got delayed. They're working on releasing. It's just complicated. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a it's a uh, they have their own sort of like not programming language, but smart contract code that um, you know people aren't used to using. So that of course slows things down a bit with developers being in short supply. It's a simple, so, simple, uh, simple language called Pact, just kind of like a drag and yeah. drop. Yeah, it's, it's meant language. to be a very secure language that you can't wreck very easily because it's like Turing incomplete, unlike Rust or Go and things like that. Anyway, it, there's a lot going on there that's uh, interesting. Uh, and from what I understand, they could possibly be IBC if they wanted to, or they they can implement that. Is did I? I believe correct? they can because they can basically make one of their chains so on there IBC. Like IBC compatible and that becomes like a exchange mm. layer sort of. And uh, yeah, a lot of interesting capabilities potentially. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're going to use Terra stable coins and, and connect with one of the – so think of it kind of like the chain web is very much like uh, Cosmos or like Polkadot and it can you can basically have a chain whether it's a business chain that's, I think they call it Kuro, or whether it's a public chain. So it's, it's, it's a blockchain that's proof of work, but it has uh, kind of like that gossip graph tech to kind of link together and, and basically spin a web of all these different connected chains. Yeah, and, and imagine speed-wise and transactions per second, uh, you know, imagine running like the world stock markets or something like that, which normally run on centralized exchanges of one sort or the other or brokerages and such. Um, the idea here is to get really crazy levels of scalability and speed. And uh, again, it's mathematically interesting and mathematically possible. Um, where the, the tricky part comes in is the complexity of actually implement, implementing all that. So before everyone just goes and apes into it, just be aware that it's like still super highly speculative from the perspective of the actual technology doing what it needs to do. So oh. it works already. It's like a running network. It's just making it do all the things that they say it should do is different than cool. it actually working right now. It's, it's right. somewhat vaporware still. It's, uh, it's theoretically spectacular, practically untested. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, thanks so much for uh, just, I, I just want to get your guys' perspective on that, but let's try to get a couple more questions in. Um, who we got next? Highly? Yeah, I think it was Highly, then 511, and then Ant. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my question. Um, thanks for putting the spaces together. Um, so I've been playing with um, DeFi and Terra uh, um, and just started playing with uh, um, Osmosis. Um, but I'm trying to figure out, what is there a way to see my past transactions in Kepler, um, I I didn't see an I didn't see anywhere I can go to 
see that. That was one question. And I also had another question, um, maybe for Sefi. Um, so when Oracle rewards stop emitting for Luna stakers in, in I think something like two years, what what's going to be happening to the yield on Luna? And how's that going to affect the um, anchor's ability to pay out the, the 20% returns? Um, let's do the second question first. So basically, uh, the, the yield from Luna right now, what he's referring to is artificially higher because uh, what's called the Oracle burn or a substantial ma massive amount of money it was burned uh, that's being uh, emitted uh, from a major burn of uh, community funds that's going to the yield uh, to all of us holders right now. So right now that incentivizes the holding of Luna, but it also um, like distributes that cash to the community. And uh, when that is gone, you know, yields might be 4% or less. And what he's referring to is like since Anchor Protocol, the earn vault, uh, for lack of a better term, um, it it gets its um, funding from people that borrow if the amount of yield coming from the assets provided as collateral are less like, you know, prolific in terms of their output, then perhaps the there won't be as much money on the anchor earned side. So I think pretty much your concept highly is correct in that um, that's going to lead to a lower amount of cash flow into the reserve, uh, into anchor reserve. And then we'll have to see well, how that plays out in terms of the final yield available on Anchor Protocol as time goes on. So uh, you should not expect Anchor earn to earn 20% necessarily forever. Uh, there may be mechanisms to allow that to occur if, if the money deposited on Anchor earn actually is involved in some kind of... Uh, like DAO or trading protocol that generates yield additional to any kind of borrower related yield. So a, a type of sort of deployment of user funds on Anchor into something that earns some money. So there's a lot of possibilities for the future, um, but you're right. The Luna yield won't be as high as it is forever. Um, it, there is a certain transient nature to the, the high yield right now. Uh, your other question was, I think, related to looking at transactions on osmosis and you probably just have to go you just have to use a wallet explorer on terra and you'll be able to see that um all the transactions correct on your correct. wallet yeah, yeah i haven't seen my wallet i just use mint scan okay cool awesome so then we want to go to uh 511 and then we'll go to spring there's and, and then spring sorry Hi. yeah thank you thank you for taking my question uh i just want to thank Sefi, I mean, the amount of knowledge that he's given me over the last five months in spaces, I think I heard him the first time on somebody else's spaces in October, and the person that was holding that space had to drop off, and Sefi took over for a mere nine and a half hours after that and talked straight. It was amazing. Uh, <laughs> it really you remember that one day, huh? That was my first Twitter spaces, I think, where I hijacked Marius's space. For some Marius's, <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it was. I was sitting. We're laughing at every hour that ticked by. I'm like, this guy is still talking. This is awesome. But I, I was I feeling myself sitting outside. Of, I was sitting outside of Taco Bell, feeling myself on uh, Taco Supremes at that very moment. <laughs> That's the luxury That's... meal of the day of that day. I remember that exact. Wow. I remember where I was on that day. 
I do too, actually. <laughs> but uh, I have one quick question. Uh, if obviously I have a terrorist station wallet hooked up to Anchor Protocol, I have Luna bonded, I borrowed against it, I'm earning against UST, all that's going on. If I wanted to set up a new terrorist station wallet because of security reasons and just so I sleep better at night, would there be a way to? to transfer or connect that new Terra station wallet and get rid of the old one while while that's all being connected to 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 anchor um you're trying to move the existing funds into a brand new wallet without unwinding those positions is that what you're saying or you're trying to basically get a new I'm Basically, I'm trying to get a new wallet and have those positions into the new wallet. Yes, I'm. I know the easiest way, or that would be to pay off the the existing LTV to zero. The simple answer is is that those smart contracts that you're entered into are tied to your wallet. So no, you cannot without yeah, exiting. Okay. Yeah, without exiting. Now, if you just simply wanted to like obfuscate, you know, you don't like the fact that someone knows about your current wallet. Uh, and you want to um, like just simply uh, start a new wallet and you want to sort of unwind all these funds and move it, probably the simplest way to do that would be to send it back to KuCoin where you basically have a memo address um, and then maybe from there send it because then you'll go into the main KuCoin wallet and then you could send that over to a new wallet and that's probably about as close as it gets maybe. Okay. Okay. Unless and you want to go through secret. Yeah, secrets the other way. I, I would. Yes. I wouldn't send the two between, right? Because then once you make that link, you've connected those two. Okay. All right. And there's no way to add or subtract a word from a Terra Station wallet. Is there from a seed phrase? Add or subtract. Yes. To change the seed phrase in any way. Oh, no, 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 no. The seed, the seed no. phrase technically is both your username and your password and the address all in one big thing, right? Like there's no, it's just one big hash that's uh, that you're looking at there. And so no, you can't change anything really. I mean, I'll take a look at it and see which one you want me to remove. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send it right over. I'll send you the one with one word removed. And, uh, <laughs> I have to guess the one word. Oh, God. I would try all day, Sethi. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it. Good questions, 511. All right, let's go to Ant and then Spring. Hey, first, thank you guys so much. This is super helpful, very informative. Um, so my question, uh, I guess, to Sethi, Lucky, perhaps you guys have thought about this. So I'm thinking about how do you actually value Luna? And my rationale for that question is to figure out how do you know when it's overvalued or how do you know when it's undervalued? Because, you know, normally in the finance world, when you think about valuation, you, you know, you apply a multiple or, you know, you find the present value of the future cash flows. Now here, Luna is a little bit different because the valuation is driven by network effect. So I guess sort of similar to how you think about a Facebook where social networking, that really scales because of networking, right? It's only valuable if someone else is on the platform. But again, Facebook is valued with a multiple. So if I were to think about a Luna, 
and trying to triangulate on when I think when it's you know overvalued versus undervalued. You know, how do you figure out what that intrinsic or fair value is for Luna to make that determination? And then my next question is, do you think at today's price, you know, do you think it's fair value or not? Um, yeah, let me, maybe uh, I could take this one. So the, um, okay, when it comes to valuing things, obviously there's just the like free form speculative valuation of things. Uh, then you get into... Uh, like on-chain metrics, like for example, with Bitcoin, you might look at hash rate. You might look at, um, you know, how many new wallets are coming into existence, how long coins are staying in wallets. Um, you know, the half-life of like uh, wa wallets that aren't moving and things like that. So there's all sorts of on-chain things you could do. Um, for for Terra, some of the on-chain metrics might be things like the total transactions per day. Uh, you can look at some of these things on station.terra.money, which is the um, like the the Terra station uh, like DAP that you can use to kind of vote and look at all the metrics. So station. Wait, yeah, station.terra.money, I believe, is the address, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, which right. what you can look at on there. Um, would be things like the number of wallets that are being added every day. You can look at how many active wallets there are, and that's been climbing steadily. Uh, you can look at how many exchanges are adding UST and how available it is. You could look at, say, the amount of volume uh, transacted in UST. Uh, you can look at uh, Smart Stake has, of course, the amount of Luna that's being burned. Uh, every day and and that has a relationship long term to price appreciation so if you continue to see that rise then usually over a period of months you're going to have some kind of price increase as time goes on and that's happened pretty consistently and that doesn't mean that you can't see plus or minus 60 percent price moves very commonly if you pull up a luna chart they're they're all over the place right so that volatility is pretty normal um but uh, overall, you should see a stepwise increase in price. Um, additionally, I think oh, there's only a few assets um, really in the history of the world that have that conform to what's called the 350-day moving average multiples. Um, there's a Philip Swift article on that you can pull up. Um, I don't know if someone has it, they can pin up to the top, but it's a medium article that goes over sort of like adoption grade, adoption level, sort of like uh, price action that Bitcoin went through through its career. And um, so far, the first two cycles of Bitcoin have been replicated by only Luna uh, so far in crypto. So I'm watching fervently for the third cycle peak, which would put Luna's price somewhere like in the three to four hundred dollar range by this summer uh, or up to or a much higher depending on how uh, long it takes for that next peak to happen. So some sort of global FOMO like overvalued peak um, is going to happen just like it does with BTC at some point. And the hallmark of adoption is recurrent bubbles and uh you know, like up, down, up, down, but like you have bubbles each time. So each time you have a dump and there's like a, like a bear market situation, more buyers come up over a period of time. And then a sign of global adoption and viral spread of the, um, 
like uh, the, the viral adoption of something has specific sort of like metrics that you can measure in price action. Um, so you, you, you can see this um, uh, in all sorts of uh, elements of Luna and Bitcoin. Uh, Kadena had like a cycle one peak so far uh, that met these requirements. Uh, you, the, the tricky thing is though, anything can do this once or twice, right? Like a pump, dump, pump, dump. To have it happen seven, eight, nine, ten times implies that there is serious adoption happening. And during those adoption phases, you'll have periods of FOMO where people are playing the price action and driving it to crazy levels. Um, and I think those of us who are in, in this for the long term, um, and we believe that adoption uh, is going to happen, it's not that important to pick the exact top price uh, you know, unless you're literally planning to try to figure it out and try to sell that price. Like, let me put it to you this way. If, if I can't figure out with everything I know about this ecosystem where the price is going, I dare anyone to figure out where the price is going. <laughs> you know, the, the reality is you can look at like a multi-year time frame and have a very bullish outlook um, while the very short term is really, really hard to predict on any of these, any coins really. But really... Uh, Comparatively to substantial other areas of uh, crypto, I would say the Cosmos ecosystem has some of the most um, interesting sets of network effects. Even, even like Crypto.com's coin, Crow, for example, um, is a massive centralized, essentially advertising agency that's bringing liquidity into Crow, which then brings liquidity into Osmosis indirectly at some point or the other, et cetera, et cetera, right? So like you have all these different sort of touch points into the cosmos right now, um, not just Luna UST. Uh, my, like if you want my sort of like most bullish sort of version of where I think uh, price action is going to go, because everyone wants to know that, um, they're like, why are you beating around the bush, wind, moon? Um, <laughs> so the uh, I would say that like right now, the the 350-day moving average times eight, which is sort of the next cyclical peak, if we're going to copy Bitcoin's action, is already at about 285 as of today. And um, it uh, the trajectory would like, the price would meet that, but it wouldn't do so at, uh, at 280. It would do so somewhere between three to 400. I would say that would be a rational uh, peak. Uh, that would also put us up in terms of total value locked, and it would put us at market cap somewhere north of uh, the Binance uh, BNB coin, uh, which is rational. So that would put us somewhere between BNB and Ethereum, which makes perfect sense since the TVL of Terra uh, uh, is clearly undervalued as far as the coin price even still. So what I've noticed across the world is that most people don't know like most people don't know what Luna is yet. Most people don't know what UST is and most people have no clue what the interplay between the two are. So to say we're early is like just a joke. I mean, there's like nobody knows, like nobody even knows where Luna came from. Most people have no idea why it's in the top 10. Probably people figure it's some meme coin or something. They'll really look it up when it's like, you know, past Ethereum basically, which I think it's rational that actually Terra's network effect could pass Ethereum and like market cap and price probably within years. I mean, it, it would not take as long as you think. So that's kind of my ultra bullish take on it as far as like uh, one to $2,000 level Luna in the next uh, 
one to two years would be very, very rational. Uh, and not even particularly too like crazy in the prediction range. And then if you look at the four to five year range of things like, you know, you have your hundred to two hundred billion dollar market cap UST, those ranges, you're really talking about like the two to ten thousand dollar range Luna, because it's like just a ridiculous tokenomics and uh, those kinds of things can happen. Anyway. What happened at ten to fifteen? Did you cut back? Wait, uh, which ten to fifteen? <laughs> ten to fifteen thousand. <laughs> we'll just keep making the numbers go up, up, and away. I mean, 10 to 15 years, not not thousand. So, if you're talking about uh, so crypto market cap total, the total, which is currently like, I think it's like 1.8 trillion, I believe. I think we passed um, over two again, if I wasn't mistaken. But yeah, the, hopefully we're going to see because right now Luna dominance uh, in crypto is about two percent dominance of the entire marketplace. Um, I'd like to see that dominance be closer to 10%, uh, and then that'll pretty much cause the remainder of the Cosmos ecosystem to essentially just ostensibly explode. And basically, um, <laughs> you're probably talking about like Cosmos being in general, probably like 20% of at least, I would say 20% of the like market dominance, if not more. But I think, uh, like Luna will be considered like Bitcoin's like, you know, you know, you know, cousin sister or something like that. That's kind of where I'm, uh, you know, that's kind of like the direction I'm looking at for that. And I think the UST Luna Bitcoin combo mechanism is um, coupled with some privacy layer like secret cu coupled with like a, a decentralized um, multi-wallet exchange like Thorchain. And you pretty much have most of what you need to do everything you want within these various ecosystems like so anyway that's that's kind of my take on it i, I think uh if you look at a five-year time frame and such it's much much harder to tell but if you're talking about total market cap of crypto being like 10 trillion which is very much rational over a five-year time frame then you are you know looking at probably like a i don't know like five to ten k uh luna price something in that neighborhood um, there's a lot of other factors, like some of the folks here mentioned earlier, like what's going to happen to yield? How is that going to affect holding pressure of Luna? Uh, are there going to be new ways that yield is generated uh, towards Luna? That's quite a possibility too. So a lot of things sort of remain to be seen. Uh, but so, some of the exciting things happening like Vertex Protocol, um, which is a money market uh, essentially to uh, like, do the functions of the forex the foreign exchange um the global foreign exchange if that's coming to terra as well and if a huge uh, influx of new companies start using the international stable coins of terra not just ust that would change the game entirely as well so there's a lot of um i would say mm, possible variations of a future where uh the the versatility of the terra ecosystem is really really brilliant um and cannot be understated. I mean, yeah. I think my short answer to that would be when I look at UST and the adoption rate, knowing that it's tied to Luna, as I see it climb north of 100 billion, which I do think it will get to, I'm going to reassess what's happening on the network. Like to me, undervalued is until we get up to the 80 to 100, you know, billion market cap of UST. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's I think, the S curve of Luna's price. Like, for example, so in other words, the highest... Uh, we're on the sweet spot of the so-called S-curve where 
like if you were with us at like five dollar Luna, it was like, okay, is this is this going to survive? Is it going to do what it's supposed to do? Is it going to depeg? Like what what's going on here? There was a lot more risk to be taken at that time. Now I think a substantial portion of the risk has been taken out, and now we're at that portion where like it's sort of investor grade Luna, and the next like ten x is going to be sort of like the most obvious, and then after that it may like you know, getting another 10 X is going to be much harder and take longer time. Right. So that's the thing about adoption is that like, there's that sweet spot where you're happy enough to get, you know, throw a ton of cash in it. But at the same time, like if you wait too long, then it's like, you know, the, some of the growth has been taken out of the system already. Like, for example, if you go buy Apple stock today, right, you're not going to expect a 10 X by, you know, next year, it's just not rational. Hey. Quick question, Sefi. You were talking about Luna dominance. Are you just doing the numbers in your head, or is there, is there an actual tracker that's tracking? No, you can it? you can do. Uh, yeah, I think there's some there are some trackers out there, but you can also look at just the market cap of Luna versus the mm -hmm. market cap of Total One, which is the uh, total uh, crypto market cap of yeah. the entire. Um, Everything, everything about about 1.9 trillion. So, and you yeah. and you said Luna's right around two percent right now. Yeah, I think someone posted it was 2% lately. Well, also, you have to add the, the coins as well. It's not just Luna, but it's also the... the Everything table. else running right. on Luna. And then, so you think like if Luna could go from 2% to 5%, then it, it's starting to reach like escape velocity to where it's, it like you said, it's going to just get that network effect. And 2% 2, 2 to 5%, it could go five, then 5 to 10%. Like then it could really... Yeah, that's what you're talking about, that S-curve. Yeah, plus there's this, remember, there's the crazy uh, deterministic uh, price action of how Luna goes up in value, too. So it's it's not just like exponential like Bitcoin or exponential like Ethereum. It's exponential on top of exponential. So the the price action could be just simply just obnoxious, right? Like, let me look at the velocity of Luna today between where it started and where it is now. It's literally one of the fastest growing assets in terms of total market cap uh, in the history of the human race. Like that's where yeah. we are right now. <laughs> so. I, I got some. I got whiplash when it went down to fifty, and then it just shot right back up to 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 ninety. Like I, that just that reflex. Yeah, the, the velocity is going to be absolutely brutal. Yeah. It'll did be like you a, did you touch upon Sefi what what the LFG did with the Bitcoin around fifty? I don't know. If, I don't remember if you touched upon that. Uh, yeah, we didn't talk about that too much. Yeah, as far as people wondering how low price can go, I would say fifty to sixty is like the floor, and the reason is because like around sixty bucks is when the uh, foundation sale of Luna, a billion dollars worth, a uh, bunch of billionaires and venture capitalists and this and that came in and bought at uh, fifty-one dollars a billion dollars worth and uh, in worth in Bitcoin. And um, so that pretty much put made a de facto floor at this point. So I would say in terms of where it's valued, is it under or over? It looks like it's about right at the moment. And I don't detect any FOMO at this point, not in social metrics. I don't see it in wallet growth. Mm, I just see mostly just like hardcore people using it now. Uh, and uh, they're using all the different elements of the ecosystem. Uh, and you can see it in lots of different metrics like the way staking uh, yields change and other things where I can tell people are using these things and holding on to them. Um, I, I think, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're about right. I don't think we're at a point where you can get a lot more downside to get like big discounts anymore. 
I think that last, like I literally tweeted the bottom at right around 80-ish bucks. And there was a really decent like 3% Luna bonded Luna ARB, which essentially got you Luna right, like right, right at 79 bucks. And I bought again exactly at that moment. But I catch every single bottom every time. I, I would say that like each, each and every time. So I'm always fishing for bottoms with dynamite. As I, I, I actually get excited now. I'm like, well, I'm like, Oh, Luna's down. Let me buy more. Like that's how my mind works at this point. Exactly. Like well, it's, it's, pretty it's much actually really good because it burns more Luna. Oh, there we go. Exactly. Yeah. As price drops, you're actually burning more Luna for the same amount of UST minted. Right. So the, the, you want price of Luna to stay lower longer theoretically. Yeah, and that's that's what really helps the dynamics of it, making it, and I think, what do you call it, apex financial predator? Yeah, it's like an apex asset, right? Yeah, cool. You, you make that sound like financial predator, like the mortgage <laughs> lenders. <laughs> financial asset, apex <laughs> financial asset. Yeah, there we go. Mayor, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if we lost track, but I think spring is next. Okay, we got some more questions. Hey, folks, can you hear me? Yeah. Awesome. Well, first off, uh, just want to say uh, or echo what others have said, say thank you for the time you put into educating people in these sessions. I uh, really appreciate the generosity with the time and knowledge. Um, and I have two questions tonight. Uh, first is that I've recently begun learning about PRISM protocol. And I know it's come up in a number of spaces. And Steffi mentioned that uh, the PRISM being the primary asset of interest uh, so far. I'd love to learn a little bit more on why that is and how you see value uh, accrual playing out post uh, AMPs and, and other developments on that protocol. Um, the second question is that I'm not the most numerate person in the world, <laughs> but I'd like to put together a well-founded uh, dynamic uh, DCA and Luna portfolio allocation strategy. And so I was wondering if anyone in the community has put together an Excel or Google Sheet model to help chart what kind of allocations would lead to what outcomes. like um how to determine percent of portfolio allocated to uh luna b luna arbs versus uh you know putting an urn versus uh you know how best to weigh decisions on ltv levels to maintain what to do with borrowed ust yada yada all that stuff lucky you want to take that as far as what your allocation might be approximately uh, yeah, I, I can take that. Uh, from an Excel sheet, I know I can get you a DCA Excel sheet, and I have an, an ARB Excel sheet, but from a kind of collective portfolio perspective, I don't think we've done one to kind of like how to move it around and shift it. Maybe something that we can work on, so I'll, I'll take that as a note down. But from a from a portfolio perspective, you know, I, I like to sit in three strategies. I think I, I said this earlier. I like the, the ARB strategy to kind of have money printing through an ARB strategy. I like to have, you know, my stator labs, that means sitting there accruing value through the auto compounding mechanism. And then I'm using anchor to my benefit um, from, you know, depending on price action, how I'm borrowing and what I'm doing with my loan to value and where I'm allocating funds. And then with those funds, you know, I'll, I'll go to like a, a prism and move over to prism and then start getting into those types of games. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, but you know, if you ask me percentage-wise to, to break that down, um, I would say percentage-wise, I'm like a 30% on stator, uh, 20 to 30% on my uh, ARB strategy, and then the rest I'm kind of actively managing through my, my anchor um, you know, meaning I'm taking B Luna in, I'm borrowing, and I'm, I'm moving funds around. 
Great. Thank you for that. Yeah. And, and, I, I'm, and I'm at probably like 97% Luna, 3% other stuff within the ecosystem. So it's, it's relatively small. Um, but you, the question you asked about, uh, uh, prism specifically, yeah, there's just so many different reasons why I find the protocol interesting and I was following it long before it was released and kind of, uh, talking in like discussion groups about, uh, even like they asked opinions from people about, you know, you know, how would you use this? And do you think it's useful and all sorts of, you know, like customer feedback type of information (laughs) from the, uh, uh, community protocol that it is. And, um, I just foresee my vision for it as far as like a major DeFi, uh, application, uh, I just find it to be relatively limitless in terms of its possible applications. So um, I will admit to have gone a little bit uh, crazy on how much prism token I got. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is, like, remember, Lucky, when I said I got some more at like 37 cents, it's now like 51. <laughs> that no, was no, yesterday. I, I bought some at like 42 <laughs> or whatever right now. So as soon as Hyperion came on from prison and uh, Jimmy sort of dropped that alpha, he's like, uh, I think Hash is about to like, stick a half a billion dollars or whatever the hell into prism well, or whatever I, but i think i think fundamentally for the <laughs> listeners right like taking prism in its pure sense is like when you can take an asset and refract it from its principle and its yield and then you're able to take those principle and yields right so like the example is like if luna's a hundred dollars it splits into two you get a principal token and a yield token you can do things with it right the do things we can go on for hours and hours about the do things but to be able to provide something that does that and then move around the ecosphere with it, then that's why we're, we're bullish on the PRISM token itself because you need the PRISM token to essentially be able to participate in that activity. And as more people from the Luna ecosphere jump into the PRISM protocol to do things like that, the, the value of PRISM will probably go up. And so that's why, you know, Sefi and I were talking about buying PRISM when it dipped down and already seeing what it's doing. Yeah, pr- PRISM to me has the capability of being one of the most important protocols in DeFi, like I, I don't say that lightly. Um, I, I thought so from even like when they were discussing it and uh, before it actually got released and before the tokens released. And um, I've been sort of DCA into in DCAing into it for a while as just one of the most fascinating kinds of projects. And the token has an extremely uh, decent, I would say, like value accrual model. Um, some people argue that well, like the amount of of it distributed to the community is still too small and like teams and this and that have you know substantial portions and whatnot but even still despite all that i would say that like to me like as as me just talking as an investor buying this thing by the way i'm not suggesting you do it or anything uh like i i foresee it as a good solid like whatever i'm putting in this i'm expecting a good solid 20x over the next few years so i'm not really like getting rid of it anytime soon I'm not really trading it or anything like that. I'm just holding it in the the X prism and it's auto compounding. And right now it's like a 40% APY, which is obnoxious for what it is. Cause it's basically uh, the amount of like transactions on it, the network or I'm, I'm sorry, on that, like AMM, so to speak, are basically feeding a lot of um, like value back to the token holder. And I think, I don't know if you were on spring when, when we had um, them come on, but essentially holding prism and then jumping into the amps 
gives you additional boost APY on the liquidity pool. So there's also incentive around the staking of it. So that's why another part of it is like those tokens in itself are valuable for everything else that's happening on that protocol. So isn't the AMPs on the Y Luna staking? And I, I don't think you were on Obi, but no. I think what they said they're going to add in the future was um, additional boost for other the li uh, liquidity farm staking. Yeah, I I actually got some and I put it in Amps Vault. Would you uh, say that it makes more sense to put it in the staking at present? No, no, no. I think keeping it in the the Amps Vault's correct, and then as the those farms open up, they're they're going to incentivize those that have Amps with an additional APY to then put that into to the pools or the staking. So imagine your your X Prism forty five percent staking rewards going to like sixty five seventy. So. Right. All right. Correct. Very cool. Thanks, guys. I appreciate answering my questions. Yeah, it it's it seems like uh, this coming couple of months, uh, the Prism system is going to be probably the highest yield on your Luna, assuming that you also have the X Prism token, which is part of the magic of this. It's like more of the you're, you're just going to make a lot more in Prism token yield. Um, I think calculations suggest it's going to be like 80 to 100% APY, like crazy numbers, which is why I think the, again, it's a deterministic price action, meaning to use the X Prism token implies you have to buy it. And what I've seen in DeFi is that like everyone, like so many people don't plan ahead. They want to participate in these things the day it's released. And by the time the amps are actually useful for something and everyone's like rushing to do it like that's not the time to go buy the prism token you want to get it way before that before every the herd shows up at the last minute since it is deterministic like it will go up in value period end of story like there's almost no doubt in my mind uh, now there may be some dumping that happens you know from some of the speculation but uh, you know that's exactly what's happened the last few days it keeps going up and up and up because that system is about to open where the the utility is going to be opened. Um, and that's what deterministic price action is all about. Yeah. Um, really so cool another stuff. lesson, another little brief lesson for anyone who doesn't understand some of the ways some of these tokens work. There are some places that you stake, like for example, Luna, you stake it and you're getting validated rewards. And um, like that yield is something you have to claim. And then you have other types of tokens like the Prism token the value of the token itself goes up in value from the transactions on the network, almost like a stock would go up in value, right? So it's it's different um, in terms of how it works, the mechanics behind how the values accrued. So it's not until you like sell your X Prism token, like let's say a, let's say two years from now you, you got like a hundred percent higher value because you know had forty percent APY for two or three years, right? Then what would happen is when you sell the token, then you'll realize that value in because you'll get more Prism tokens out of the X Prism token. So th these value models, in terms of how a coin accrues value, some situations like Osmosis, you get paid in Osmosis tokens, right? And the speculative price of Osmo just goes up and down. But in X Prism, the difference is the token itself rises in value from the transactions on the network because they will pay you in more Prism tokens in the future. Right. So it's uh, the Luna X is similar and there's some other ones like this. 
So some coins would be considered liquid staked. And what that means is there, the coin value itself could be rising. Uh, so it, it can get really confusing to newcomers, like how, how these different coins accrue value. Uh, it can be very mysterious unless you've sort of seen the different mechanisms in action, which is why you sort of have to play in a variety of these protocols to learn these uh, mechanics a little bit. Very helpful. Thank you. I'm an expert in DAOs too, if you ever want to ask me. <laughs> I've lost all my money in. <laughs> yeah. You were in like seven or eight at one time, right, Lucky? That's, that's correct. They're all zero at this point. They're like literal zero or they're just like zero, zero or they're just like you're just making fun? No, like, like they're like five, worth five bucks now. It's not a problem. Okay. All right. Compared compared to $300 a, a coin, a token? Like a thousand, yeah. yeah close, yeah. yeah. Hey, sometimes you gotta, every every lesson is a learning experience, right? You're yeah. lucky, apparently much more painful than others. Yeah. I just want to learn, you know? I just lose the learning. All good, all good. You're like Hot Wheel Lambos instead of real ones. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's very true. Sorry, I don't know who was up next. Uh, Whoever was driving. I think we got Graham, then Morpheus, then, or no, sorry, Ghost is first. Uh, and then Graham, then Morpheus. There, Ghost, uh, unmute your mic, and uh, now's the time to ask your question if you're uh, still awake. Let's, uh, let's go to Graham real quick. Give Ghost a little time. You there, Graham? Hey, guys. Thanks for having the space, and thanks for giving us your time, Safi. Um, we've been talking a lot about Luna and UST, but they also do different currencies, correct? And how do you see that playing out for global adoption? Like, do you think they'll eventually do a Euro peg um, stablecoin and stuff like that? Or, well, yeah, they already exist. Uh, you can go on to TerraSwap. I mean, you can go into TerraStation, for example, now or on TerraSwap, and you'll be able. You can swap for a variety of international coins now. Uh, a lot of the big ones are available there. Um, as far as like how much adoption they're going to have remains to be seen. Um, the existence of Vertex Protocol Forex uh, Market hopefully will help that whole process along. Uh, those coins need substantially more liquidity to make them really, really useful to like international businesses and such. Uh, and uh, there's just a long way to go for that. Uh, right now uh, you know almost exclusively people talk about ust uh primarily because uh it already is one of the number one um well it is the number one um denomination for stable coins uh such as tether usdc etc so worldwide people have gotten used to using them as their stable coin uh so UST makes sense, but for international businesses to function, um, it will be great to have the uh, international stable coins. There is a gaming company, um, C2X or something, I can't, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but um, they're involved with more international gaming and gaming in Asia, and they want to implement some various like play-to-earn kinds of concepts. And the ability to distribute those funds to players in the form of their international currency is, uh, you know, particularly very helpful. 
in that it helps people like really immediately think, okay, like how much money am I actually making here? Um, so that's, um, you know, that's going to be a thing. H how much they're going to use the international stable coins in their gaming system, I'm not sure. Uh, we'll have to see how it goes. Right on. Thank you. Awesome. So then it looks like we have Morpheus. Let's go, Morpheus. How are you doing? Hey, hey. Thank you so much for holding the space. It was a great lesson in not just Luna, uh, Terra, but also Cosmos as, as a broader IBC. Terrific space. Um, my question was in regards to um, the UST and, and, and Terra ecosystem. So uh, when when the UST demand reaches the level that we expect it to reach, uh, say, you know, next two to five years time, uh, there's going to be so many transactions happening on this Terra ecosystem. And each transaction essentially is not just one transaction, but then you convert it into B Luna and you do things with it. So it's actually multiple transactions for each sort of participation in this ecosystem. And I'm just sort of thinking, uh, I think we 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 spoke about this before uh, with, with another space. Um, the, the level of transactions that Terra ecosystem can do, can can the system actually support that level of adoption in the long run. Uh, I know there's a long way to go, but it can happen with the network effect very quickly. And and does does the ecosystem have that capability? I know it's it's around whatever ten thousand transactions per second or something like that theoretically. Um, and then if you know, and what would be the options for Terra to sort of you know expand and maybe just you know maybe run run, run another chain on Cosmos parallelly to meet any transaction demand or anything, anything like that? What are, what are your thoughts on that generally? I, th I think you hit the nail on the head. Well, a mixture of things can happen, but with, uh, yeah, the amount of computing power and how much do you want to do on one chain, um, these things can become a factor at some point. There's a fair amount of scalability still just with like nodes and validators as far as computing power and uh, the ability to handle a lot more uh, transactions. But additionally, you're right. What what the beauty of the cosmos is, is like if we determine that, okay, like, well, Anchor is uh, like a massive global protocol and it's just too much to handle on, on Terra and it's occupying all of the like transactional volume, then the beauty of cosmos is, is you can essentially, uh, you can fork copy the entire Terra blockchain essentially and just make it just for Anchor, for example. Or you can like do some specialization to it that favors Anchor, for example. And then you could connect uh, the two in some seamless way, ultimately, via IBC. Um, or, yeah, IBC, and then you can even do like... Uh, um, so you're talking, similar to how, you're talking similar to how US... You're talking ahead, horizontal uh, scalability, not vertical. Yeah, yeah. So we so it depends on what type of projects are occupying all of the data uh or all, all the transactional volume and the but the beauty of Cosmos is is that it is infinitely scalable via IBC and all sorts of uh uh strategies can be implemented to make that work. Uh, additionally like some of the cross-chain wallets and uh uh, such as XDeFi are going to be able to compose uh, the activities on different chains into uh, more easily accessible uh, 
like front end. So you could have, for example, a neat project happening on Juno. You could have something cool. You, you could be using like the Dex of Osmosis, which has a massive amount of uh, potential throughput because it's just a Dex literally with one purpose. I mean, a chain with one purpose, which is to be a Dex. Um, so, you know, th there's all sorts of possibilities. And uh, IBC makes a lot of things possible. Um, and I, additionally, like there's more research going on as far as developing uh, greater IBC capabilities as well. So that hasn't fully been fleshed out. Like, for example, CW20 tokens on Terra, uh, the Cosmosm20 tokens are not easily fungible between the different chains or transferable between the chains. And, you know, I know Sunny and like Doe at some point talked about that a bit in terms of like what kind of technical innovations would have to be created to make that even possible, especially when the some of the coins like for example the actually jimmy's right here maybe he can comment on it but like it's not really obvious to me how you take a coin that rises in value um that based on you know a particular protocol and how do you make that a cross-chain asset simultaneously so the prism token would be easy to make into a cross-chain asset the x prism token less so right because it it the the coin itself accrues value separately from anything that's happening on like a dex for example so yeah a lot of different permutations of this and um some of the things protocol designers have to consider when they're building is okay wait a minute if i build it this way is it going to be more readily uh composable between multiple chains in the future or not um that has to be considered in the the token design and some other principles behind the the base protocol that you're trying to build. So something like an anchor protocol, this is the reason why like some of these protocols, uh, they try to keep them really simple, not add a bunch of garbage that like not a lot of compo not a lot of permutations on that project. Um, they want to keep the risk low, the smart contract risk low, and they want to keep the system really, really simple so that it can be composed with something else like truly a Lego block. And if you make it too, too complicated, um, then if scalable scalability issues come up in, in the future or some of the issues we we're talking about, um, it makes it much harder to migrate to some new like paradigm as far as the tech is concerned. But that's kind of my just like bird's eye view of the situation. <laughs> yeah, no, awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Then we have a uh, we have D next. How's it going, D? Hey guys, thanks. So uh I I just did what uh, Stephanie's been talking, what I've heard, heard you talking about so much. I went over to Astroport and I swapped out a 100 Luna for 102 B Luna, and then I went right to Anchor and uh, and you know burned the B burned 100 B Luna. So I just want to make sure it's this thing's this is working like it's supposed to, so I can see it in you know on Anchor. I can see it down in my transactions, but there doesn't seem to be anywhere in Anchor that shows your what you're burning. If you go yeah, to, it's going to show up. Oh, go yeah. Ahead. So go to, go to B asset. Yeah. Click withdraw on that withdrawal. Okay, there you go. Unbonding. There it is. Yeah, there it is. You got, got it. it better. Thank you. Yep. <clears throat> Legend. Didn't even have to look at the computer screen probably. No, I've memorized that <laughs> at this point. <laughs> it's like, we don't, we dream that like just wins my, it's like, 
left What's my right. bonded Luna coming out? It's like a it's like a Christmas gift every three days. No, it's like down left right A L one R one down right done. <laughs> like the old contra cheat code. So then, question: So, do you guys ever buy just Luna, or are you most of the time buying B Luna and then just going from there because of the arbitrage opportunity? I mean, from my fresh powder, when I bring in fresh powder, I just buy B Luna straight because it's a little bit better. It's not as good as the Luna to B Luna are, but it's a little better than the Luna straight Luna. And then I uh, take that B Luna and just burn it because I don't really need it right now. I mean, that's me. That's what I do. I don't know. What I, set up, I set up that uh, that RB bot on Telegram, and I'm realizing there's a lot of a lot of good opportunities. Like if if you uh, if you got the powder. Um, yeah, it's two point two. Like, I think we just got the alert two point two like twenty minutes ago for Luna to be Luna on uh, Astro. Get it while you can. So let's go to uh, Steve, and then let's go to Crypto after that. Hey guys, so my question is, I'm, I'm a new guy, so. I've been researching the you know ecosystem and you know I, every day I get into new things. So now my main question today or tonight is that how P Luna? What is the mechanism for P Luna to follow Luna price leveraged? You know that I don't understand how how it can do it other than that it's needed to be matched with one Y Luna to get to get back to the Luna, other than the off-ramp mechanism. What else are they doing in the back end to make sure that this one is following the Luna price? Thank you. Um, I think you kind of hit it. Like basically the fact that, well, remember there is another element to this in that when you split Luna into principal and yield Luna in Prism, uh, the you're getting 50-50. So let's say Luna's price is $100 today. The price of P Luna, if you refract, is 50 bucks, And the price of your Y Luna is 50 bucks, right, in that context. So uh, depending on uh, the, the method you use to get to your destination, so to speak, um, you're, like if I were to refract my Luna now, that's the cheapest way to get Y Luna as opposed to buying Y Luna on the market. And that creates a certain sort of like, um, it, it, it helps kind of set the price to some extent. The other thing is if your Y Luna goes to, let's say 95% of the value, it doesn't make sense either because then why, why wouldn't you just hold Luna, right? So it, it doesn't make sense to do any of this. So there's a lot of different factors that, involved but like for example when p luna was worth like i think around 12 bucks ish i bought you know a, a little chunk of it and then when it went to i think 17 then i i sold it but that was a big jump in like price and i was able to just sort of like bank the profit off it so i still had luna price exposure indirectly but um, I didn't have to buy and sell actual Luna, right? I could just sort of play off of this. And all you have to do then is like just essentially dollar di dynamic DCA and basically buy P Luna. Uh, the lower it goes, the more I get. And then when it pops, then I can sell it. So you can get kind of, can, you still have price exposure because you're sort of owning Luna, 
but I would tell people you're, you know, do you really want to be doing this? Like what I just said, probably not like maybe small amounts, but, um, I think Pilona to have value, it has to have the ability to be used as collateral, which I believe mm -hmm. will happen on Mars protocol, uh, ultimately, and then it will have more utility. So, so as of so, so if I get it right, it's not, uh, the, the leverage, what they say is not that, okay, if the price of Luna 1Xs, P Luna 5Xs, but rather because P Luna is cheap, if you have 1,000 bucks, if you want to buy Luna, you can only buy 10 Lunas. But if you want to buy P Luna, you can buy, I don't know, 80 P Luna. The, the, so other way, the other way to look at it is like, let's say you have 100 Luna and you refract it you can sell all your Y Luna, which is, in my opinion, overpriced. And then you can basically buy, you know, all P Luna if you want and have a lot more of it. And then if you find that the P Luna price is relatively low, then you're banking on the idea that like, you know, if that doubles, so, you know, then you now have like a, you know, a, you have a 2x increase in value. Um, and because it's relative to the price of uh, the refracted P Luna, it's it's much much lower. The possibility of it popping just arbitrarily is much higher, hmm. just on speculative price action. Thank you so much, man. I've so it's 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 not an exact science, hours. though. It's like it's it's a bit yeah. it's a bit messy still. Yeah, that one's a little more riskier to me, but yeah, it's riskier in that way. So I do I've done it in small quantities, and I've done well doing that. When Y Luna was priced too low, I bought some, and then when it went up, I sold it. When P Luna was priced too low, I bought some. It went up, and I sold it. And then I took all that, and I bought P, uh, the 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 uh, Prism token with it. <laughs> so that's what I did. Yeah, it, it, you know, it took me a couple of hours. Then I'm comparing them to the bonds, and I'm like, okay, they don't have expiries. It's that simple. Thank you so much. Yeah, there's going to be expiries coming apparently, uh, which would oh. change the value proposition of some of these things as well. Yeah, no, I, 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 then then the price of P Luna can follow uh, way more strict. Like uh, then that would the expiry would be a mechanism to reduce the value of Y Luna, and therefore like P Luna going to get a much bigger part of the you know uh, pie chart. You know, if, if you want to put it that way. Yeah, at our, right. our Venetian three day workshop, we'll, we'll, this is going to be a day that we're going to cover, or just Prism. At the Venetian, is that what you said? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Sefi and I are holding a session in Vegas. Just an ongoing joke about, yeah, <laughs> on the gondola. Oh, man. Never get any work done, man. Uh, let's go to Crypto. How you doing, Crypto? Hey, how you doing? I have a question, a quick question. Uh, uh, we have some issues today in the in the blockchain in in Cosmos or something like that to to make the transactions. Are you talking about osmosis? Osmosis, yes, and I, I'm talking about osmosis. Yeah, um, I think they had just a little bit of a um, just a slowdown, just a little bit. I, I saw some devs posted something, but I think it uh, it got corrected really quick. Tricky, did, did you hear any more? Uh, there were some relayers down today, actually. So until about probably four hours ago, I don't yeah. think anybody could really do any uh, IBC, at least on the Atom. To, like, yes, it's in the bridge. I have a, some uh, some pending, uh, you know, transfer pending. Are uh, you talking yeah. about Evmos? You talking about the new bridge? Yeah, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, haven't haven't messed with that yet. But I know I think that uh, Nomad kind of tweeted something. It kind of hinted to like things starting to launch. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of coming at any moment. All that stuff on Evmos, which is pretty cool. Pretty fucking like anxious to see all that happen. Okay, yeah. okay, but yeah, as far as osmosis, I think some of the relayers were down, and and some of the validators were posting that they were they were working on it. Yeah. But I'm yeah. okay. I'm gonna wait. No problem. But that's fine. No problem. They're working on it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. That's the one thing I like about Cosmos. A lot of them will post on Twitter and and give people updates. So it's yeah. Okay. 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 Mayo. Thank you. I got you. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Is there anybody else out there in the crowd that wants to uh, ask any questions? We've been going here uh, almost four hours strong. Uh, thank you so much, Sefi and Lucky. It's uh, it's been great. But uh, I, you know, we don't want to keep you here all night. You know, we know you guys got to sleep and get to some other shows tomorrow too. So please come up here, request the mic if you have any last questions for them. Yeah, I would just like to say I, I really appreciated all the information um, and. I think, Sefi, like like you've said over and over again, it's the the network and the i i IBC ability of, you know, the Cosmos ecosystem is is got a lot going for it. You know, and scalability is something that a lot of other blockchains are trying to do with bridges. That you know, we all know bri- bridges can have a lot of, uh, let's just say, hiccups and complications. You know, so. Well, the bridges end up requiring substantial third parties, right? Like what happened to Wormhole. Um, so I, I don't know. For me, like at this point, I believe Vitalik, whose basic concept is is that long term you end up having all of the risks of your chain, and then you have the smart contract risk, and you have your bridge risk. Um, it just escalates from there. So I think my view is is that. Well, as long as I can get all of the price action, uh, gold standard assets, and I can get all the different financial products where I'm at, there's not really an obvious reason to go and like explore every new chain in the universe that appears. Like if a new tech arrives, it needs to prove itself as having something specific that I can't do on Cosmos that I have to go there for. And so far, I haven't seen it yet. I'm trying yeah. to think of what that would even be. I, th- I think point. some utility tokens might be examples, like Render, for example. But the problem with utility tokens, the problem with utility tokens, I would say, is that like the total addressable market is somewhat narrow, and the willingness of like a company to buy a massive amount of like a, a, a utility token to speculate on the f- their future use of say rendering power in the case of that example um is questionable like most most companies don't want to see like face that kind of volatility risk for something so simple as a like expense on their balance sheet so um uh, you know i don't know i think utility tokens some of these other things will be there that will have different um like there'll be different pieces of the puzzle outside of just layer ones and some of the stuff we're talking about but I don't know. I, I think most of the use cases for crypto, I think, are going to be developed in the next five to ten years, uh, and then you'll just have iterations and evolution of um, sort of like the best of the best types of like financial products, and 
that'll be that. Because <laughs> there's only so many things you can do with money. Yeah. One more question. Uh, I have Sefi and Lucky for you guys. Do you, do you see any red flags with regulation coming down? I know we got you know midterm elections coming up at the end of this year. But I, I was hoping for some clarity with, you know, the executive order that was supposed to come out last month, but um, obviously did not come out. Do, do you have you heard anything? Do you, do you see anything? What I'm talking about as far as for stable coins, I have not heard anything. And, you know, like you said, with an algorithmic stable coin, hopefully they're not going to flag it as a security. But do you see anything else like really derailing DeFi this year? I think the executive order uh, sort of, uh, I think that's more likely uh, from a, like ex from a um, executive branch type of thing. You, you can only do so much, at least in the United States, through that type of order. Um, and I think it'll have to do more with some national security implication, maybe related to KYC, AML, uh, you know, know your customer anti-money laundering law type stuff regarding maybe what centralized exchanges have to comply with. I don't think it's going to be specific to like certain types of coins or tokens or whatever at this point, or something related to like securities and what have you. Um, that's my suspicion. Yeah. Yeah. What I heard was that it was going to be really not, um, really loose and just say, hey, we're we want to form another committee to to look at this for the next eighteen months. You know, like really hands offish because um, the current administration knows that they don't have a whole lot of um, wiggle room right now. I guess. And, well, uh, they don't want to. They don't want to hurt like you know a huge number of voters who now own crypto either. All of a sudden, just randomly, right? Like who, whoever, like you know, is the anti crypto party is going to get like their butt kicked because you know there's nothing like having skin in the game to make you vote against somebody <laughs> yeah i mean i would say we, that's probably like our maybe one of the top 10 questions we get on a daily basis regulation and a lot of it's like you know it's something you can't control whatever's going to come down the pipeline like yes we can go talk to our senators and congressmen and tell them what we want i get that but i think with the decentralized finance spot i, I tend to not uh not sleep at night because I'm comfortable with whatever. Cause I feel like as a network continues to grow, it's almost unstoppable at this point. Like besides what Steffi was saying, maybe more KYC AML measures. I'm not worried that they're just going to come in and shut it all down. I think it's a different conversation. If we start going after like how decentralized are we, how much does Amazon hold? How much does Microsoft Azure cloud hold? Like that's a whole other conversation we could go to. Because I'd like to see that continue to be federated to a model where we're truly decentralized and even the big boys can't can't do anything about it. Oh, definitely agree. You're talking about like the servers that a lot of the network's right. being run on, not not being run on AWS. Right. Got it. Got it. Very cool. Well, um, let's, uh, yeah, let's Tricky, Tricky what do you got? Yeah, we got Slab Lab. Let's go. How you doing? Hey, how's it going? Uh, yeah, I had a question. Um, I believe Orion protocol is on like Polygon and Binance and some other things. And basically, it seems like they redirect stable coin yields so they can be put into Anchor UST. And then, you know, they ARB off the, the difference. Does anybody know of anything like, like, is Orion planning on launching on Cosmos at all? Or is there any like 
you know, stable coin yield options, you know, with little risk where it's, you know, going to give you like over 10%. Um, with Anchor Protocol being like 19.5%, pretty much nobody in the cosmos really needs to like do the other pools most of the time is kind of my take. <laughs> I would agree. Were you looking for something else more specific than that slab? Like, what, not really. What, I was just what kind of APY were you looking for? I, well, I was just curious, like, because, like, for you know, for somebody to go over and use Anchor Protocol, you know, it's not much, but you have to like withdraw your Luna from Osmo and then you know do a transfer over to your um, Terra Station wallet and then sell the Luna, you know, and all of those things especially the sale, you know, you run into like paying more fees and stuff. So if you're not moving like a considerable amount of money at a time, you know, it may, you know, it may not even be worth it. But, you know, if there was like something native on Cosmos that maybe just paid like a tiny bit less than Anchor was, you know, and, you know, just made it so you didn't have to, you didn't have to send the transaction to your Terra Station wallet. You could just keep it all in Kepler. You know, I think the more complexity there isn't it, you know, like with that two wallet set up and, you know, doing the transfer, your other wallet and selling it and stuff. If there's like a way to access some type of stable coin. You might, you might want to investigate uh, the XDFI wallet, by the way, that might be right up your alley. That's XDEFI. Uh, yeah. um, and it allows you to do kind of a variety of interesting things, but it's going to bring things like anchor protocol, sort of like a, uh, you can participate in just for like UST, uh, like at the wallet level, and then you can do some, some other connections and composability there. So XDFi is trying to become like that kind of front end where you can do all sorts of stuff in the background with different DeFi protocols, but you don't have to go interact with them directly necessarily so that, you know, you don't have the kind of like friction that you're talking about. Right on. I appreciate uh, your answer with that. And it's good to know about XD5. I remember seeing it on uh, the Pylon Gateway you know, fundraising thing back in the day. So definitely rings a bell. One more quick thing uh, on that topic, um, like in Loop Finance, I'm sure a lot of you guys are familiar with that. But like there's AUST pairs and then there's UST pairs and there's an UST to AUST pair, you know. And I think it'd be cool if on Osmosis we could have some type of like, you know, like, uh, interest generating stable coin paired to you know your typical cosmos assets because then you know if you're even if your cosmos assets are you know going down a little bit in value you know what you're gaining on the stable coin side you know helps you know kind of mitigate the losses yeah there's there's not really an incentive for there's not an obvious incentive for uh liquidity provision of that just because the volume would not be sufficient enough so i think that's the reason why AUST is not sitting on osmosis now and just ust is yeah very cool good good questions all right so then drake last but not least before we uh let sefi and lucky get to get to bed all right sweet um so yeah, I'm, I'm not even gonna ask an anchor t a question anymore. I can't even remember what it was. <laughs> um, but the uh, two quick questions. Uh, the first one is, um, why is uh, P Luna so cheap compared to um, what like 
I mean, obviously, I know it's split into P Luna and Y Luna, but isn't Y Luna the yield um, on the Luna and the P Luna the actual principal Luna? So it seems like it would be the opposite to me. And the second question is, what are your guys' thoughts on uh, Shade Protocol and Frax? As far as the P Luna, Y Luna price thing, I kind of mentioned that before. Like when you refract, it's 50 50. Um, and the market seems to be pricing Y Luna higher because there is a yield on it. And whereas P Luna is sort of like useless except as, as a trading instrument. And um, for now, um, the only like use for it is to sort of stick it in the Prism P Luna pool. And uh, there's some APY there. So, um, uh, so that's kind of the, but imagine this, like if, if you're trying to figure out how to make a buck off of that, by the way, imagine, so let's say, for example, I have some Luna and I, uh, sell all the yield Luna off of it. So I refract it, sell the Y Luna buy um, 50%, like basically the, with the other half, basically buy prism token and buy, um, P Luna, I can actually get like something like probably at the end of the day like a 20 percent apy on the p luna um uh the p luna uh, prism pool because the you're basically getting a lot more because your wide luna is being sold right and it's worth too much so you're actually able to get quite a bit of prism and p luna with that and then put it in the pool so that would be the obvious utility is you could get probably close to 20 percent apy on because you're getting more exposure to that pool because you'll be able to sell your wildland to do so. So there's some tricks like that that um, where people are still going to use it. So that's why P Luna's price is not going to go like way much lower, I think, than it is. Uh, but who knows? Uh, what was your other question to that? So the the prison shade thing, protocol. Yeah, it's complicated. Wow. Oh yeah, shade. Well, shade is the the stablecoin. Uh, on the secret network, right? So, uh, shade shade is your Luna, and silk is your um, stablecoin. Yeah, silk shade exactly. And um, as far as yeah, I've I've been in the AMAs. I haven't used it yet. Um, you know, unless you have some comments regarding that, I think uh, as a piece of the secret network, uh, ultimately. Uh, the value that comes from that is going to come from the growth of the secret network and people's willingness to use that as opposed to some form of like secret UST or something like that. Uh, I, I'm not really 100% sure uh, how that protocol will do or how popular it's going to be or all the different use cases personally. I don't either. I haven't even read up about them just to be transparent. Yeah, okay, no problem. Yeah, secret um, secret's a great network, but it it's still got a lot of um, user experience stuff they need to work out. It's just a little bit harder getting in and out because you got to trade secret for s secret, and um, it's just you know a couple more clicks and jumps to get in there and do what you want to want to do. Oh, I agree. The UI and UX is uh, definitely not the same as um, other Cosmos coins. Yeah. Um, but I guess the other uh, question would be to Frax. Do you guys have any thoughts on that or no? I don't do know. know what is that is? F? Can you spell it? F R A X S? What is it? 
No, F-R-A-X. Um, okay. So uh, Sam Kesmikin or Kesmik, I, I I'm not pronouncing his uh, name right. Um, but basically, Frax is um, a stable coin that has um, a partial backing to it. Um, so it allows the market to determine how much is actually algo back. Um, it's an interesting concept, um, but they have the same mechanics with their FXS token uh, to the Frax token itself, which is the stable coin. Um, and being that it's burned to make more um, uh, Frax. So have you guys heard of Iron Finance? I think I remember hearing it in one of us. It, ma- it was that massive Ponzi. Um, but yeah, they were a fork of Frax. So um, that's that's basically how the protocol works, kind of. Um, as in, like, it has a portion that has collateral. So, like, at the end of the day, even though Iron Finance, like, completely collapsed, the Iron Stablecoin was still worth 75 cents, which is how much collateral they backed it by which was 75 cents of USDC. (laughs) I guess that would be the argument for not collateralized with anything. (laughs) So external ARBs, which is what uh, is happening on Terra, uh, to me ultimately is probably the safer approach long-term. I'm just guessing here because um, the community voting for how much collateral there is to be uh, what happens if the community is just simply all wrong? Like, Oh, like, no, 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 no. It's not no. voting like that. It's voting like this, as in, like, you put your money where your mouth is. Like, if you think it needs to have more collateral, well, what you do is you dump the Frax token, and then the protocol has... Uh, it, it's built inside the protocol to where it actually ratchets up the amount of collateral in order to mint more Frax, it's a slow ratchet up, but it still ratchets up. So it'll go from like 84 to 85 to 86, 87 to eventually where the frac stable coin stays above a dollar. So people can't keep arving it. However, um, the market can also say, okay, we want more algo back. So what will happen is they overprice the frax token, aka they're buying more frax. So it'll pump it up to like a dollar and one cent or a dollar and two cent, whatever. And people will buy it on the open market, burn it, um, and are the opportunity that way. So it's the same thing as Luna. It's that when I say the market can decide it, they decide it by their money. Like got it, got they it. They put their money where their mouth is. Have you seen that uh, the this and this is pegged to the dollar? Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're act, they actually just does it work? You, um, like, F, not airdrop, but they just started FBI. Um, it's getting a ton of adoption. It's actually doing very well. Um, I what's, like Frax. What's the, um, how, how well has it stayed pegged? Uh, it's, it's, it's actually held the best peg out of all stable coins. The lowest it's gone was like 98.7, 98.8 on, on Ethereum chain. It is on, um, it's, it is multi-chain, but um, on the other chains, it doesn't have a ton of liquidity. So you can't really count those um so i would say just on the main ethereum chain which is what it is it the lowest it's gone is 98.7 or um i'm sorry 0.987 got it but like you're still subject to ethereum gas fees or anything you do well frax is a multi-chain stable coin 
Um, okay. So it's it's on Phantom. It's on I think it's on Binance Smart Chain too, um, but it's on Avalanche. It's on Polygon. It's multi-chain. Um, I've made several videos on Frax. Um, I, I really like Frax. I, I was just wondering what your thoughts were. I'm an Uber Luna bull too. Like I, I love stable coins. I, I remember getting haven't Luna really when it was used, like 50 cents. Yeah, I haven't really used Frax. Uh, would you say it represents like, uh, like just for my information, do, do you feel like it represents a like serious contender in the global sort of stable coin market? Like, do oh, you think it's like, a, is it, I, is it more of a niche be, thing? Like what's your, I think it's going to be a thinking? huge contender. Um, they have FPI coming and instead of being pegged to the dollar, they're actually going to be pegged to um, a basket of uh, not assets, but like um, pegged to like, Hey, uh, like the cost of buying a burger or the cost of a bushel of wheat. Um, so instead of like the actual dollar, it's, um, you see what I'm saying? It, it's, yeah, it's I've seen yeah. that model before. Um, in fact, I think shade silk does something along those lines. The, the problem with that is, is that user experience, the user, uh, doesn't know what a, you know, a bushel of wheat costs or a basket of anything is worth. So the, the problem with that is, is like, you know you're pegged to what exactly and when as the user. Um, I, I, I'm not a fan of the idea of like the basket of currency approach right now. Um, I, I think the international stablecoin approach where it's like pegged to stuff that people already use is like the cleaner user experience in my view. It's not to say that you like non-pegged stable, non, uh, like if, you, and if you're going to peg to something, I think you should peg to like, I don't know, something arbitrary like world global temperature or something like that or average average temperature, something that comes off of an oracle that everyone can agree upon is quote unquote stable, but not on just like just bunch of assets. Because like, what's the point? Like, like your frax is not worth like wheat. It's not worth like, you know, it's not measured in oil or something. Well, like the that. point, so, the point is, this, um, like but, if you but, bought a burger, like, go ahead. Yeah, no, I follow what you're saying. Like you're trying to get something indexed to inflation or something. But what I'm saying is, is that like from the user experience perspective, the, the like it doesn't you're, you're it's basically like creating an index fund, essentially. Like imagine uh, like, you know, buying a burger with a coin priced in like the S&P 500 or something. It would, it's possible, but it's sort of like a weird user experience on top of everything else. <laughs> so oh, I, I that's my problem. Agree. That. I yeah. definitely agree. It is difficult, but they, they have both stable coins. They both have, or not both stable coins, but they have both Frax and they will have uh, FPI. Um, but I, I really think Frax is interesting. Uh, just take a look at the Frax um, stable coin chart. It's actually more exponential than UST, believe it or not. It, it's crazy. Um, I actually wrote off Frax. Um, back in the day when I was just all focused on uh, Luna and UST. And um, after researching and looking into Frax and uh, what Sam was talking about, um, I actually started entertaining it and I did get a position and it's done really well. I remember getting um, FXS around $2 or $2.50 like six months ago. It's now worth like 25 bucks. It's it's crazy, and it the 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 point I'm saying against that 
it actually went as high as like 50 bucks um, a month ago. The point I go to say that is the FXS token increasing in value is due to the growth in the Frax stable coin. As in like the more Frax you mint, the more FXS is burned. And it's not like a one-to-one like Luna is. It's more like um, right now it's like 25% um, to one. So that kind of shows like how much adoption it is getting, like how fast and how rapid the uh, burn is for FXS. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to hear what your thoughts were on it, if you knew anything about it. Yeah, ha- haven't used it at all. Uh, lucky you. I haven't, but I looked at Coin Dicks. There's a Frax UST LP paying 24%. Oh, that be Frax's fire sauce. Don't that'd be interesting them, to me. A Frax UST LP. Yeah, and they even have like um, V mechanics to where like if you have FXS and you lock it up and stake it, you can actually vote on different pools. So like you even have the gauge model, so it it creates even more buy pressure on this FXS token. It's it's like massive ponzonomics. It's yeah, crazy. But hold on. Frax is the stable coin. USD is the stable coin. And the LP is paying 24%. Am I, am yep. I saying that right? Right? Yep. Okay. All right. Just making sure I'm not, I'm, I know I'm getting a little sleepy, but it's okay. I'll have to look at this. Yeah, I'll look into it. Yeah. In order to vote on the gauges too, you have to stake FXS. So same thing like curve. You have like the four year lock junk. You can lock it shorter if you want to, but you have less voting power. And um, I look more at FXS, more like the um, uh, the token for protocols. And what's really interesting about FXS is they're actually the um, largest holder of Convex. This is how early these guys get into it. Um, they got into Convex because they realized they can game the system with Curve by owning Convex to get more of the share of Curve. And they vote the uh, incentives to go to their FXS pool to get more curve, which they then lock up in curve so they can earn more curve, get more rewards and create that flywheel. They were the first people to adopt this. So things like that just kind of like showed me, oh, dude, this team knows what they're doing. And um, once I talked with Sam, I had an interview with him on my channel and I was like, dude, (laughs) you know what you're talking about. Um, And that's mainly why I got behind them. But um, yeah, no, I'm I'm still uber bullish Luna. In fact, um, Luna is the apex asset. Period. Um, Frax would just be like a secondary thing. Um, so yeah, those are. I, I just wanted to hear what your thoughts were, if you knew anything about it. No, would love to you. Would love for you to like kind of come into one of our spaces and we hold them every day, um, and maybe come talk to us more about this Frax stuff. Sure. Yeah. No, I'd love to. Um, uh, I, I like listening to you guys. You guys are pretty knowledgeable, actually very knowledgeable, and I uh, love what you guys are doing for the space. Um, love hearing about it. Yeah, Sefi and Lucky, you're definitely doing the space a good service with all the education you do. Um, it's crazy. You guys do it nonstop all day, every day. And no matter what time it is, we got 150 people in there. So that means that you know people are really appreciating what you guys are doing and uh, people are noticing what you're doing. So, Or they find us for entertainment. They think we're bullshitting. So. <laughs> as Lunanomics jumps on right now here he comes oh, like these guys are idiots <laughs> <laughs> then Lucky goes on about the Lambo calculator and then, then it goes downhill from there I just need one protocol to build it for me please come on on the Luna ecosphere 
Um, we need to hold another um, a Dogecoin Shiba Inu baiting oh, gosh, session no. again. No, dude, that's you changed the title. Funny. Tricky were you there that day? <laughs> yeah, I was there. That was great. <laughs> you put you put you put dollar sign hex in your tag. You'll have ten people in here in two seconds. <laughs> dude, there were just everywhere shilling, and people were all the XRP army like. Oh my god, that was ridiculous! And they're all just dead serious, like, "No, Safe Moon, it's they did the update, man." <laughs> and I remember, Sevi, you haven't you hadn't upgraded your your contract or whatever. Yeah, you're I'm clearly screwed. By the way, <laughs> my Safe Moon's going to zero. You need to go to Wait, you guys don't have hex. Oh, don't even start, <laughs> oh, please, please, please. Oh, yeah, dude, I'm not going down that. All right, guys, sorry it's late. Um, all right, cheers. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's it. Great. Though. Yeah, and on that note, man, thank you guys so much, uh, everyone. Thank you for a great space and it's been fun. Uh, yeah, really appreciate Sefi and Lucky and just just good conversation. And thank you all so much for onboarding people and, and doing what you're doing. Uh, you know, you can just definitely tell uh, you just you guys just enjoy helping people out and and that's that's kind of what we're, we're all about over here too so yeah we'll probably it. just just real quick we'll probably do another session on monday maybe like at night around nine or ten eastern probably i'll spin up a twitch get on spaces help people walk through anchor just you know just just to make sure people know what they're doing and uh for those newbies um just because i think it's powerful for someone to see it while we're talking about it i mean it's hard because we don't really have a screen in front of us oh, so your live street your oh, live yeah. stream and stuff on twitch huh yeah, we Sefi and I held one last Monday for three hours, and I put up a Twitch. People logged onto the Twitch. We talked through spaces, and people were asking questions. I was navigating while we were talking. Nice, gold. Yeah, nice. Hey, hey, if you if you guys are up for it, we can we have some funds that uh, the Osmosis Support Lab really gives to us to help do these giveaways and stuff and educate people. We can maybe help with some funds to turn into Luna so that people can live, you know, in real time, actually do it themselves too. You know, even if it's just like ten bucks worth. You know, yeah, I think it's still like learning and being able to do that. So, yeah, you know, we, we were going to give away some, we're going to, we're still going to give away some Luna uh, from for the space tonight. So please join our Discord. We're going to have a giveaway about for that, but we'd love to just like help you guys out and continue what you're doing and show you the appreciation. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, we did Osmos, we did Osmos decks too that night. I mean, it was a three and a half hour session. So just so you know, like we, we were doing it all. <laughs> Hell yeah, we got you. Like we'd love to help you guys with that and like, you know, and help engage people and get them some funds because we have uh, some funds to do that with. So, That'd hey, Sefi, I, I did remember the question because um, I was asking about Anchor Protocol. Um, the reason why it's pumping, if you guys didn't know, um, there's a rumor of a proposal for uh, VE tokenomics, um, like a gauge model for their uh, tokens. Yeah, that's um, perfect. Yeah. yeah, but mirror mirror token uh, price is like pumping. It's like up 100% today. Is there a rumor or is there something going on with that or is that people speculating? Is there actually going to be like BE tokenomics on there as well? That was there's sort of a one. There's sort of just a nutty ass uh, like altcoin pump happening for <laughs> on Terra right now, <laughs> uh, and that's one part of it. The second is yeah, the Ank token actually is being bought up by some very specific wallets in huge quantities. That's what was going on. So it's not just like organic buying. Something's going on there where someone's trying to like gain some power on that. Um, so yeah, I'm not totally sure, but uh, and the mirror token, it could just be just pumping arbitrarily. I, I'm not aware of like uh, what 
tokenomics changes or something that might be happening to the MIR token. Uh, the tokenomics sort of sucked before, which is why, like, the the you know the 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 token was sort of dragging. It was basically like a rewards emissions token, but nothing else exciting about it. And I don't know. There may be some uh, insider info that you know maybe something new is coming and people start buying it. I'm not sure. I haven't followed that token in a long time. Yeah, it's like that participation trophy. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I wasn't sure if you knew, but that was the question I wanted to ask. I completely forgot what it was, but that was it. Cool. All right. I'm out. See you. <laughs> Later, Gator. Oh, yeah. Well, Sefi, Lucky, we appreciate you guys. Uh, everybody in the crowd, make sure to give them a follow. Stay up to date. Anytime you see them having a space, make sure you join in because there's always some knowledge they're dropping. And like you said, on Monday night, it sounds like they're going to be doing a walkthrough on Anchor. So if you can, join that space. and. Uh, learn how to do it because i remember when i watched it it like i you know you always hear it but once you watch it that's when it really makes sense and then you get a chance to do it so any last words Sefi? you're lucky peace good night guys none for me i joined your i joined your discord so that is me with the warren buffett picture just so you know (laughs) i love it hell yeah all right y'all well until next time uh again thank lucky and Sefi for their time we appreciate you all head to the discord for uh, some cool giveaways and be looking out for a cool announcement from us. We appreciate you guys. Until next time. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part two of the two-part Luna Lounge with CeFi, hosted by the IBC Gang. Talking about Luna and stuff. Recorded on Saturday, March 5th, 2022. This episode of The Ether was brought to you by Luart. Luart is the first gamified NFT platform built on the Terra network. Luart provides a seamless minting and trading experience, all while earning you rewards just for being a user. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the community in the Discord server for the most up-to-date news and announcements regarding all the hot new NFT launches, platform upgrades, and new projects hitting the secondary marketplace. Are you ready to put your helmet on and join the movement? Find out more at luart.io. This episode of the Ether was also brought to you by WeFund. WeFund is a community crowdfunding cross-chain incubator on Terra, and it's the first launchpad that implements a milestone funding release system to protect investors. All money raised for projects is deposited in Anchor Protocol, and it's refundable, and all decisions are based on community voting power. WeFund is community-focused and designed to be a user-friendly experience for both project creators and investors. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the Telegram for more information. Links are in the show notes and check them out online at wefund.app. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Waking up like a basement dweller Stepped out the door and heard racist yelling 2020, what an ugly shit show Staring at the fucking Rick Roll from the get-go Looking outside, the whole state's on fire The fuck do you expect when you embrace the liars And replace the writers with AI just like us Emaciated models killing bright birds First in, last out, picture me rolling The worst time to cash out, so what you holding? The Merc's gonna cash cow, country stolen Drooling over chicken like the goose is golden Trying to be so full, spitting that molten Lava from the bottom of the caldera I'm hot and gonna put it in a bottle And offer it to the god who hit the gas full throttle Blasting off in a rocket There are many people who will, will see things happen to them That are in their favor so someone's looking over me. That's a, that's a fascinating phenomenon when that happens.
simply have a profound inability to understand statistics and probability. Stitching these writings, living that life like Who would have guessed you turn out this nice, right? Avoiding stress, that's the motherfucking secret Print that shit on a motherfucking leaflet I'm just an asshole hooked on the bricks Looking at the rectangles, damn they kinda thick We've gone through a whole lot of kings here Cutting off heads just to bring cheer Getting all fired up, Tiger King, line them up When you'd give an arm and a leg just to try the junk On some first time buyer's luck Alexa, set a reminder and remind me to buy a bunch And put your hands up if you fuck this year And keep them in the air if you're picking up the spare And put your mask on just to go outside Looking at the planet about to downsize So climate change will not make Earth Basically, every other coastal city that we've spent thousands of years building uh, in the, since the dawn of civilization. Terrible spaces. <laughs>